was this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson, and I'm here talking all things. So for Devils, join me the show this week. As ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Hi, mate. Yeah, it's been good. It's been busy. It's been a busy sort of week, week and a half. Obviously, I wasn't with you last week. I went to mm-hmm. the uh, I went to the Lance Todd dinner, which was which was really good, really enjoyable evening. Actually, had plenty of fun there. And yeah, it's just been a, it's been a it's been a frantic week, really. I don't I don't really know where I've been. Most active I've been in months. Oh. Quick mention, actually, obviously at the at the Lansdowne, bumped into plenty of people, sat with great great company. I want to just give a shout out to to Malcolm Crompton, who, yeah. who we know very well, who was there, come over from Australia uh, <laughs> and listens to us regularly. Apparently, so he can get his fix of the Salford accent. <laughs> so, Mal, if you're listening, hello, good, good morning, evening, whatever time it is there where you are. I'm sure, sure you're on your morning ablutions or something like that. But uh, yeah, uh, it was good to see you, and it was a, it was a great night. Yeah, I've not been with rugby league royalty, I, I suspect. Yeah, a few, few great names there. Obviously, Andy Gregory was there. Give a little bit of a speech. Brian Lockwood, Ray Ashby, former winners like that. Derek Beaumont brought the Challenge Cup along. Which is unusual because the Challenge Cup doesn't usually make an appearance. Oh. Adrian and his son were both there, the Lammies, uh, Lachlan. Uh, yeah, it was a room full of guests. And then a lot of Salford fans, a lot of regular faces, which was good to see. But it was a really, really good dude, well organised. I think John Blackburn works very hard to put that together for the Red Devil Association. And uh, long may it continue. I haven't been hobnobbing with Rugby League Royalty this week. Uh, I've just been doing the domestic stuff like mowing my lawn, things <laughs> like that, to keep the... To keep the uh, grass low in the summer with barbecues and stuff planned you need to make sure that your garden's fit for access i suppose yeah i'm i'm, I'm quite lucky i've got i have I have somebody who does that for me ah he's actually called me wife um, <laughs> you might know she's really good actually she's brilliant at what she's done to our garden i can't honestly it looks professional i'd rather say that otherwise i'll get hit hmm. no it does it's really good so I'm quite lucky. I get away with it being yeah. constantly injured. So, yeah, it's uh, looking good. But, yeah, I know what you mean. Just all we need now is a bit of sun. This and is it. Yeah, away we go. Yeah, looking forward to that bit of sun. We had a bit, didn't we, early on in the in the year. It's probably what it is now, August. So we'll be getting a, a bit more, maybe two weeks, yeah. end of September. Yeah. Well, the way the weather's looking at the moment, it could be December before we do the sun <laughs> again. Um, but, yeah, hopefully it'll warm up a little bit and we'll get a couple of weeks of sunshine in before it all ends again and we're going to another six months of winter yeah we could do that it's it'd be nice to watch more rugby in the in the sun wouldn't it let's be honest it's been been a tough year for that been pretty grim i think friday night Huddersfield was was mild but then it certainly dropped later on it went a bit chilly towards the end of the game mm. I, I know i felt it but fortunately certain other things were able to keep us warm yeah i know the evans opened after the game while i was waiting for players to come out of the come out the players and just try and get a few a few interviews, soaked to the bone, shouting, Sam Stone, Sam Stone, please come here. <laughs> well, they're trying to drag him away from kids, trying to get photographs and autographs. I'm like waving at him <laughs> in the rain. <laughs> so, yeah, big thanks to all the players that braved the rain to speak to me after the game. Paul had, the, had the, Paul Rowley and Kagerty in a nice, warm stadium, which was uh, which is great. Him? Yeah, well, respected journalists like Paul, uh, that's <laughs> that's how they get treated, isn't it? They get, they get different to everybody else. <laughs> so yeah, you'll get to hear what what uh, Paul Rowley and Kurt Agatti had to say about the Huddersfield win. 
shortly. We've got the reserves win at Huddersfield as well. Ladies uh, suffered defeat away at table topping Lee and our PDRL team were in action at Warrington as well. So we're talking all about that. We've got all the news coming out of the club and in the rugby league world with the uh, the announcement of the TV deal being put out to tender with Sky Sports in the pole position to, to take that on. So we'll have a little chat about that and then we'll look forward to the games this week. Our wheelchair team are in action in Rochdale on Thursday and then Salford take on Wakefield on Friday at the Salford City Stadium. So we'll start with a victory against Huddersfield. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford so Devils were victorious away at Huddersfield Giants. They won 32 points to eight. Two tries from Sam Stone, one from Ken Seal, one from Chris Atkin, and one from Ryan Briley. Goals galore from Mark Sneed, and also a penalty as well. Paul Rowley's men, back to winning ways, Parky. Yeah, yeah, I forgot what it felt like. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice to be back in the winner's circle. Brilliant, yeah. absolutely superb performance. I, I, I'll be honest, obviously, like I said, I wasn't with you guys last week, and I couldn't really... Give me me on my opinion, but I, I was worried. I, I just thought we were facing Huddersfield side that were on the up. Looked like they got a bit of confidence behind them, and we were completely opposite. We've done well in games and, and been in them, but just didn't have that killer instinct. And I think I thought going to the game, I thought that would be our Achilles heel again. We just weren't going to be clinical enough and and see anybody off. And then I got there, and well, for me, it was probably our second best performance of the season, other than the demolition hull up at the. Uh, the KC earlier in the year. From from the start of the game, you just got this feeling about us. We were we were up for it. The, the defense. I know they scored first, but our defense was was tremendous. The, it was two or three men in every tackle, and it, and it would do a vicious. They, were, they meant it. I think I, I think the I don't know what happened. Whether the players had that week off in the cup and it refreshed us, and we'd had a chance to sit down and talk and recoup and sort of think we're better than this. We deserve more, and let, let's show the world what we can do. That was the Salford at times of last season. Because when we started clicking, we, we looked devastating. Certainly in that second half, we, we looked like we could break through in virtually every every time. And that's unusual because Huddersfield's defence is something that is usually quite strong. I know this year, obviously, they're not having a great year, but Watson always sets his teams up to defend first and, and work from there, work from a solid base. And, and we made them look very, very average on, on Friday night. Yeah, got to agree with you there, Parky. I thought after the last few weeks, I'll admit I was concerned. I, I couldn't see where the next win was coming from. But like you said, totally different atmosphere, totally different mentality, totally different performance. Fantastic, really determined, really focused. Game management was, was spot on for me as well. Talking about Huddersfield, their big strength for me has always been kick us in a corner and mm. squeeze. None of that on Thursday. We were making metres easy peasy all game. And obviously, the likes of Brad Singleton, new signing, in form, superb stats from him going forward, as well as all the other forwards making metres as well. Uh, it was a it was a good day uh, for our forwards and for, for, for Paul Rowley, who was obviously in the last uh, what six weeks have, have suffered sort of defeats. Not sort of beat, beaten badly but beaten close which sometimes is, is worse when every time you, you go go to a game and just get beat it can get to you but this team didn't show any of that on Friday night Yeah you're, you're right about Huddersfield to be honest. I mean they disappointed me in everything they did um, they've got some r- real talent in their rank I'll, I'll be honest when I watched them I thought they, they all looked 
pretty average. I didn't see any anything special from any of them. They tried hard, some of them, Chris Hill and people like that, but they didn't have any impact. And our forwards, this is what the difference it makes when your forwards go forward. Mm. It gave us the chance for the likes of Brodie Croft and, and, and Mark Sneed, Ryan Braley, to play off the back of that. And once we do, once our backs get into the stride, we, we're a completely different animal. And then forward to the night, I, I, I've been critical of them for two, three years on and off. And that on, on Friday night was exactly what I wanted to see. They were, we got the ball, we went forward. Just for, no messing about, no training. There was every now and then there was an offload, but it was just get forward, get us out of our half, get them into their half, and let's punish them from there with defence. You mentioned Singleton, who was absolutely tremendous the other day. Mm. He, he, was, he was phenomenal. I think Ollie Partington put in another massive shift for us. Obviously, Sam Stone, Big King V, again, going forward. Knocking people on the backsides. If you keep all of the ball a little bit more, we'd be happier. But he, he was he was excellent. Callum Watkins again, what a player! What an absolute. He's just the the complete leader for me. When I watch what he does, when we haven't got the ball, how he works so hard, tracks back and and kills moves off. And then, like I said, it just gave the backs the, the space they needed. And and you mentioned the Uddersfield's kicking game. It was because we were making them kick from positions you don't want to kick from. Mm. They were Like we do every week, we're kicking from our 30, our 40. You can't get far enough down the pitch to have an impact. And that's what we did. We stopped them with our defence and it was first class on, on Friday night, every single one of them. After a little bit of a shaky start, once we grew into the game, we just grew into confidence. And, and, and from that point, we just looked like winners. Yeah. Some personal milestones as well. Ken Seo got his 100th career try. And Mark Sneed played his 100th appearance for Salford. So, obviously, two key players for us, two big games for both as well. Yeah, Kenny Seo's been, ever since we signed him, he's, he's been absolutely brilliant, hasn't he? I mean, he's top try scorer for us generally every year. He's finishing, how he finishes tries is, he just knows he's, he's, he's something. You get it in football, don't you, with a striker? You go, well, it must be easy to do that. It's just put the ball in the net. It's not. It's about how, where, where to be, how to read the play and, it's the same with wingers and in his defence as well. He takes every eye ball. He rarely makes a mistake. I'm delighted for Ken. He's been he's been brilliant for us. He's, he's easily one of the best wingers we've we've probably ever had. I mean, obviously you go back to the 70s and, and great wingers there. But in in this modern era, I don't think we'll have had too many better if we have. And then Mark Sneed, yeah, in two spells, made it to 100. I think when we saw it, when he left and went off to pastures new, I don't think we'd ever think we'd see this. But again, and I think... At times in his, his last two years with us here now, he's played his best rugby. Hmm. I think some of the rugby he's played has been, he was good at all, don't get me wrong, but I think he's a different player now. And he's, he, again, a leader, he's grown into this this role. And what, with, when he plays well, Salford play well. It's that simple. He, again, Friday night, he was fantastic. He didn't, didn't have to touch the ball. He just knew when to touch the ball. And that's, that's the key for us. So, yeah, all round. An amazing performance, some great individual performances. I've got to mention uh, Akers as well. I think it gets missed sometimes, the work he does at Hooker. He, he's running with the ball, you know, that quick get it up and get us away. Mm. He spots trouble and he spots when they're not in, in position and he makes easy metres and gets us on that front foot. And that's that's something we've lacked in, in recent weeks. On Friday night, he was back to back to his best. And then the other thing I've got to mention was, was the fans on Friday night. Oh. I mean, the, the atmosphere in that stand, I thought, what team goes away after losing, what, seven on the bounce or something on a Friday night to a team in form that takes numbers like we did, which which was, it was phenomenal. I didn't expect anything like that. But but the noise, 
I mean, he didn't show up. He was brilliant. I think they give a paracetamol headache the other night. It was, I mean, I was sat with Dennis Riley, I was sat behind Dennis, and he said to me, he turned to me, and he said, can you imagine being a player and hearing that when, you, when you're behind your own posts or whatever? It, it must give you a lift. And it, it must, because, I mean, I've got to say, the fans were absolutely, and you, you, sometimes you get that feeling. When you walk into a ground and you get the atmosphere straight away, you think, this could be our day. Mm. Something about the buzz in the crowd that, that gives you something. And sometimes you need the team to, to lift the fans. But other times you need the fans to lift the team, and I think on Friday night it was it was that perfect coming together, and uh, yeah, it made for it made for an enjoyable evening. Yeah, I'll tell you a little story. After the game, there was me, there was Paul, there was Jack Dayden, there was David Clegg, and the timekeeper all sort of milling around while all the players were going over to the fans while they were clapping them and singing them, and they started singing "I See the Soul Threads Arising." And on the start of the second verse, it was that loud, everybody stopped and looked. And that show that shows how loud it was. Because we were like, wow, where's that come from? And that and that's obviously because I'm 40, 50 yards away. And if it's that loud to make you stop and go, whoa, that's how loud it was. So yeah, tremendous support on on Friday. I'm sure the players appreciate after you know the last few weeks of getting beaten. Of course, fans, that's what it's all about, Park. It's all about showing your support. After a hard week at work, you just want to get out there and, and roll your roll your lungs dry, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's funny you say that. I mean, people have been talking about referees a lot recently. I know it's a slight sidetrack from what you're saying, but you spend your money, you go to work all week, and you look forward to that game on a on a Friday or a Sunday. That's your it could be your highlight of the week, mm. I don't, depending on your, your own personal circumstances, family and everything. And you turn up and it gets spoiled by... People say you can't blame referees for winning or losing. It can ruin your week, never mind the, the game. So watching your team not perform does the same thing. It's the same. But when you go and watch a performance like that, it does give you such a lift. And now, I mean, I, I'm, I'm getting messages every day now about the top six, this, that and the other. We, we should be, we'll be all right, we'll do it. You'd have, you'd have asked the fans this 12 days ago, mm. a week ago. It'd have been a completely different story. We won't make the six. We won't do this. We won't. I was one of them. One win, one performance mm. turns the whole thing around on its head, and it's that's the lift it gives you going into the next game. Now everybody's buzzing for Friday. Everybody, you want to see, you want to be there. You, people are saying, "We'll get Wakefield now. We'll, we can beat them. Then we we're set for it." If we'd have got beat on Friday night, well, the doom and gloom and everything that sets in again. What a difference it makes. That one performance, not just the victory. The victory is key, obviously. Hmm. But it's that performance that they put together that was so virtually complete that it makes you think, oh, what, if we play like that, we're as good as anyone. Yeah. It's a moment, isn't it? It's a moment in every season. We might get two or three moments through the season where you'll look back and think, yeah, that was a turning point, good or bad. Uh, but yeah, I think, like you said, after the last few weeks, we needed something. And... They got it on Friday. You found a way. And the confidence just oozed out of everybody, both on and off the field. And like you say, we're looking at Wakefield. We're looking at Warrington. We're looking at victories there. And before you'd be thinking, can we, can we scrape one? But now, after that performance, we're thinking, we'll take anybody now, mm. which, is, which is really important. Obviously, looking at the timeline of, of the game, Parker, we started really well, putting this field under a bit of pressure, a couple of dropouts, but they scored first 
try yeah. from Jake Bibby. Little kick through. Ryan Briley unable to gather. Bibby dived on it and scores. 6 0. Huddersfield. Yeah, a bit, bit lucky. But I mean, we were at the opposite end, and obviously with my lamps the way they work, it was a, it was a long way away, but I could make out that. The, the ball sort of going to the ground and coming out of it and it bounced. And I, I, I watched it on, on the Super League show last night and that's just one of them. It can go anywhere. Could, Ryan, even even though he didn't control the ball, he could have, he could have grounded it and killed the ball dead. Anything could have happened at that moment. He didn't. He bounced up, bounced it off something else and, and Bibby's just there in the right place to score. It had to be an ex-red, didn't it, who was going to score it. But <laughs> at that point, again, you're thinking, do we ever get any luck? We, why? How does that go against us? But it didn't. It clearly didn't. Didn't the confidence to? Uh, but I've got to mention, by the way, before you carry on, Ryan Briley. Mm. What a performance! A defense and attack. That that's his complete fullback performance. If, if that's uh, if that's somebody playing for Saints or Wigan or, or Warrington or whatever, the rugby league world would go mad about it. It was absolutely sensational. He was just everywhere mm. in the right place at the right time. He read the game so well. So I just wanted to mention Ryan. Actually, I meant to say that earlier on. He was he was out of this world on Friday night. Yeah, Steve got a belting picture of him holding his holding his sort of chest and badge looking tearful at the crowd. It's picture perfect, Steve. Me, Steve. He knows how to take a shot, and he, and that one was 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 brilliant. Talking about Ryan Briley. Next, uh, well, first scorer for, for Salford on, on the night. Uh, error forced by Tim Laffey. Ball recycled. Salford got in position. And a lovely sort of planned move. Brody Croft puts uh, Briley through a hole. Sli- Briley slices through. And Salford level at six apiece. Fantastic try. Great move. Well, so again, but by putting them on the back foot, causing a problem in defence, Getting the ball in there 20. Once we're in somebody's 20, we, we can be, when we're on it, we can be devastating. But that move, you could tell it had planned. And then when Ryan Bradley scored, you saw the reaction of the players on the pitch to say, it worked. That was exactly what we wanted to do. It was a brilliant try. Right, Brody Cross timing. Joseph, that ball, he pops up. I think special players do things like that. And people have gone back of Brody a little bit this year at times. But you give him the space and the time. You create that for him and he'll create for you. And that's what he did. And I mean, that was a fantastic move. Brilliant. And, and the smile on Ryan Bradley's face when he went over. Obviously, he's, he's been at Huddersfield and he got a bit of grief a few years off him. So I'm sure he was delighted with that. But again, it was that force in the error of them in there. That happens to us a lot. Mm. And, and we, as soon as they turned over the ball, the lift it gave us. And, and that was that was a great move. Yeah, so Uddersfield kicked a penalty to make it 8-6, but then Salford scored through Sam Stone, his first of the evening. I think it was lovely work by Mark Sneed. Fed Stone used all his what six-foot-four frame to, to find his way over, uh, and Salford led 12-8. Yeah, I, I remember thinking at the time, we've gone the wrong way. We've mm. gone the wrong way. We've got an overlap. And Stone got the ball and I thought, he's not going to go through here. There was a man right in front of him and two coming over. I thought, he's got no chance. And all of a sudden, he's just gone round one like he wasn't there, stepping like Paul Shaw would have done 20 odd years, 30 odd years ago. Yeah. Gone round him. And then took the other two with him over the line, got the ball down. It was great. I was actually more shocked than anything else than that he'd managed to get it over because, like I say, I thought we should have gone the other way. But yeah, Sneedy did well. He created the space for him. And then that step of, of Stone, I mean, not usually you see sort of back rows. I mean, Callum Watkins could probably do that because he was a world-class centre. You don't usually get second rowers doing that, but mm. um, it just shows how agile he is and what what a player he's becoming for us. Yeah, 
grown uh, this season for me. When he first started, I was like, mm, but he's, he's grown and he's becoming a, a real fixture in our in our pack now. Like you say, massive figure. So we go into uh, half time leading 12 8. Second half, Huddersfield put on a bit of pressure. Big Seb knocks on. We clear our lines. Big high kick from Mark Sneed. Chaos in the in the Huddersfield defence. Andy Akers kicks through. Joel Burgess nearly gets on the end of it. Ball ricochets off him. Goes closer line. And Sam Stone's there again to collect his second. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying about uh, Jake Bibby's try. Sometimes we generally don't get the look. And, and that was one of the moments where it just seemed to bounce for us hmm. every time. Even when we kicked the ball ahead again the second time, it didn't go too far. It was just in the right place. And but again, it comes from we we got them in a bit of a mess, and their defensive line wasn't set. And when Sneedy put the ball in the air, and we know what he can put it in the air. I mean, when he puts it up, it goes up, doesn't it? It's like Abdul Al-Kr. Certain players can just somehow make it loft hundred meters, and and they looked a little bit in disarray. I don't think anyone knew who was going for the ball, who should have been where, who was doing what. And the great thing for us was our players just went for it. They, they followed the ball. They didn't mm. stand around admiring work or waiting for them to catch it and let's defend it. Let's put them under pressure. Don't touch the man. Don't do anything stupid. He made the mistake. Well, didn't, didn't even get near it. And then from there, kicked it through. And like I said, again, Stone being there. Yeah. Shane Wright's got an habit of doing that, of being just in that, that spot for a back rower where he's going to score a try because he's just happens to be there he's, he's just he, I don't know he must be a talent but no that I mean, at that point I thought we were on top anyway mm. but that then made me think yeah we, we've we've got these these don't look they didn't look organized look like we had them in a bit of a mess and like I said earlier Huddersfield's defense is something that is tough to break down you beat them you might only beat them by four or six or whatever and at that point I thought yeah we've got these here yeah, what it was, I think it was the calmness in the chaos where mm. Watkins catches it and just it's a simple pass to Andy to Andy Ackers and Andy Ackers kicks it, but it's both of them thinking in all that madness, this is what we've got to do. And yeah. there's so many players who, who aren't able to do that, they'll kick it sort of far or drop the ball yeah. or something. So that was that was too sort of a big moment for me. And that's why these players are top players, because they know how to 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 make the difference in, in mad moments. And, and that was sort of fantastic. Next over for try scorer was Ken Seal. Lovely kick to the corner. Uh, Seal dies over, scores his hundredth try of his career. Typical Ken Seal getting on the end of a, an opportunity and so for the clear at 24-8. Yeah again, but the the kick is perfect. Mm. Absolutely perfect. We created a space, and then it it was we just waited for that to be on that spot for Kenny Seal. They must know it must have known it was coming because as soon as he the ball's at his foot, he's gone. He's run after the the ball. He's turned their winger. I thought was it was it when, was it senior the, the the winger he faced? Yeah, and he's he's rapid. He's he's a quick lad. So Kenny to go around him. I mean. I know he won't be listening, so he'll be all right. But he's not the youngest, as he can see. Up, <laughs> uh, he's definitely still got a turn of pace when he needs it. And and again, no panic. He, he looked, he focused on the ball. He didn't bounce it. He didn't slide out the play or anything like that. Perfect. But the, the kick through, he's so just, he's just there waiting for him. There you go, go chase that. And uh, yeah, just just more great work. And again, shows what they do in training. You can see that it works when it works. It works perfectly, and that was. That, that was another another really well worked try. Yeah, little bit of pressure from Huddersfield at that point. 
Briley kicked the ball dead. Uh, Brody Croft did a try saving tackle in the corner. There's all, like I say, we talk about moments, don't we? And even though that doesn't come to anything, if Huddersfield score there with 12 minutes to go, kick the goal as well, everyone starts to get a bit twitchy, don't they? So even the even if no one remembers their moments, if you look back and think, that's the moment we won the game for me. Yeah, I think the Brody Croft, I mean, Ryan Briley, again, yeah, he stopped the, the, the try, but the, the Brody Croft one, I think, is, is massive because not only he, does he stop the try, we get the ball. Hmm. I mean, it's not a dropout or anything like that. You keep giving teams re- repeat sets, they will score eventually. I mean, Ryan Briley got to that, 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 that ball Brilliant, just just in time. Again, like I say, he was just there in the right right place at the right time. But uh, Brody Croft chasing back, showing the desire, when and and he took the the winger out and obviously he didn't ground the ball, but he put the ball out in play anyway. And and we got the ball from that. And that again, that moment you saw the players come together, mm. they're bouncing about because that's that's that extra little effort that, that wins your games, that wins your big games, and. Yeah, they're the moments that will turn seasons and will make you win games. Them just them little efforts, and uh, yeah, I like I said. I mean, I always felt a little bit of pressure at that point, which could have turned into something, but we killed it. And once they he gets into a player, doesn't it? How are we going to score here? How are we get past these? And uh, yeah, so it, again, they they there were moments that turned the game in our favour. Yeah, Salford's final try was. Chris Atkin, lovely move through a couple of pair of hands. Chris Atkin on the end of it goes over to make it thirty points to eight. Travelling fans going back, bananas behind the goal at the other end, uh, and two points secure for Paul Rowley's men. Yeah, and at that point we made a few a few half breaks and and so on and dropped the ball. There was a lot of that. That was the only thing that disappointed me. There was a lot of drop ball, first second tackle that we we made silly mistakes. We cut them out it, again. We could have scored forty or fifty. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not exaggerating. I think anyone who's there would tell you that we were that far on top. But yeah, another good time. Delight for Chris Atkin. But I just uh, I, I just love the man. I think everything he does, he doesn't make mistakes. Mm. I, don't, I don't ever go, oh, he's dropped it. Or he's oh, why has he done that? He just seems to be 10 out of 10 every week. He doesn't, doesn't do anything stupid. Um, and then he's backing up in, in the right place at the right time. You've got a player like Chris Atkin on your bench who can play anywhere you want, really. You're in a really healthy position, and uh, he, he again delight for him. And uh, the, the move leading up to it was brilliant. We bamboozled him with a bit of skill, and that's the stuff we saw at the back end of last season. And if we're coming into that form again now, I think it's time that other teams might have to watch out. If we can play like that week in, week out, we're a definite for a playoff spot, and probably a little bit of a worry for people for the playoffs because. That's that form and that kind of play. That togetherness that they showed. There was a tackle late on on the winger where we took the player out, mm. and about four or five players carried him out of play. And the, I mean, the crowd went mad like we'd scored, but the players themselves again that that jumping on each other and that that's it. It looked like we were back back to being who, who we were maybe twelve months ago, and it, it was great to see. And it just gives you gives us such a lift. But the players must be absolutely buzzing this week in training. Yeah. Very exciting times. Uddersfield, obviously frustrated at the death, kicked the ball dead uh, from a from a dropout. And Mark Sneed popped to popped to two points over to finish the scoring on the day. Um, Paul Whiteside spoke to Paul Rowley and Kurt Agatey after the game. This is what they had to say. Coach's corner. I'd like to say I've enjoyed my Paul Rowley and Kurt Agatey. 
been a long time coming that victory but how pleasing was that tonight real professional performance it's been you said it's been a long time coming but the performance has not been a long time coming we, we, we've performed previously you know good enough to get to get the wins and, and, and not have the, the luck sometimes and you do need it whatever people say you need it the important bit is that they, they never they never waver in belief uh, they never use it as an excuse to work a little bit less uh, it just drives us on to work harder and I've said all along that uh, you know get asked the question how did you get out of this he said work harder and so that's always the answer and that's what the lads were prepared to do so really pleased for them more importantly and pleased for the fans and I know they're pleased to be able to do that for the supporters as well who were brilliant equally brilliant as well as the boys so we're, we're happy as a staff what was the best aspect to that tonight Kurt was it the defence I mean that, that second half there I think even in the closing stages you were, you were banging into touch you were pushing them behind the dead ball line that's commitment you're 32 points to 8 up and you're still defending like your lives depend on it yeah I think people there's probably only our team who could score them points in that weather and them conditions but we'll, we'll focus on off the ball stuff dragging them into touch the dead ball areas and what we would class as character stats I think they were the most important thing for us moving forward because we can have the shapes we can have all the stuff that looks really good but it's off the ball that will win, win us the big games How much does that win do for confidence now with the players I mean like you said before we've not been far off in a lot of games have we but is that a massive thing for the confidence just getting the two points Well I would say is you would expect to have seen a team out there today who lack confidence but uh, they've got more confidence than than uh, myself and Kurt when we're sat watching. Like we're, we're more nervous than them, but obviously they're in control. They're masters of their own destiny, uh, and they never, you know, they never sure. They never go within themselves. Um, so we do. Not, that's the one thing this team doesn't have a confidence problem. We, we we retain belief. We practice hard and practice well consistently, uh, and on the back of that, they you know they they take confidence onto the field with them and. Uh, and sometimes, you know, we're, we're like, we, we take our hat off to the players, really. We're, we're very, uh, we admire, we admire what they do. But, you know, we want to drive them harder. And, and like I say, our focus will be more on the character and, uh, you know, things off the ball. So, uh, but we've got the players to, to, uh, to you know, to do the business and, and, uh, and show the skill when it matters. So we've some cool lads out there today and uh, a lot of good performances where it'd be tough to pick out individuals. I thought you were good in the first half, to be honest, I thought you edged it. But what did he say to the lads in the, at half-time, Kurt? Because in the second half, you seemed to just up the levels and Huddersfield couldn't live you. And Huddersfield are a decent side as well. Yeah, I think the message is really simple, especially from Paul. Just keep completing your sets highly, play at the right times, and just make sure we just tidy up our offence, because we knew defensively our attitude was right. So just tidying up some things offensively and focusing on D will get us results at the end. And again, I've already said it, there's only us who can score them points in that kind of weather and them conditions. Sorry, focusing on the defence. So for us, yeah, the message was really clear from Paul. And we just had to um, stick to the plan and it worked for us. What is feel they've got a lot of attacking threats as well, haven't they? Just scored one try. They didn't bush you down the middle. I thought your defence at times was outstanding. Brad Singleton, you know, another good performance. Mm-hmm. He's a new player as well. Yeah, well, you look at Huddersfield's squad, it's uh, stacked with ability, I think. You look through the squad, three or four positions deep, very, very good. The, the competition for players must be so difficult here. But, yeah, for us, for, for, for single, we, we know what Brad was going to bring to us. He, he's, he's been around the block, he knows how to do things the right way. He's been in some great environments, so he's certainly added to the group. He's been, uh, he's led more than he spoke at the moment, which is really good for the group, which I think was needed too. Joe Burgess as well, I have to give him a mention because he's normally renowned for his try scoring but I thought under the eyeball and his defence tonight he was absolutely outstanding Yeah, I thought that, that was Budge's best game this year thought our left edge today needed to be on it and I know Kurt and myself both privately was onto them 
all week and in particular today about the focus and I thought Joe, Tim, Sneedy and Sam Stone as a full left edge I thought they were all outstanding and they needed to be against a really potent attacking side in particular in and around McQueen there who was always going to challenge uh, first and foremost Sneedy and Stoner and then obviously the last two defenders had to be connected to what Sneedy were doing so they were very connected, very committed and, uh, and like I say I know you, the question was about Joe but I thought Joe uh, Joe was one out of four that were, were all very good. What does Tim Blackfire bring to this team as well? I mean, when you talk about the edge, he's so elusive. You don't know what he's going to do. His defence is mustered as well, isn't it? Well, they come up with uh, quite a lot of forced errors, so uh, that were really important to us. They, they, they made good choices, good decisions, defensive decisions in particular, and made some forced errors, which uh, are pressure releases for us uh, and, and take away Huddersfield's ability to build pressure in watch the probably the best team in the league at uh, you know just completing kicking completing kicking uh, and then you know beat you up defensively but the forced errors were, were fantastic for us so Tim Lafay in particular when he's on he's on um, I think in the first half of the season I don't think we've seen the best of him to be honest he's, he's carried an injury to his hand in the first half which is fully ill now and I think um, last game and today we, we, we've seen Tim Lafay that, that we know so uh, we're in a good position uh, there's a lot of pressure at the minute uh, and it's good and it's exciting so uh, we're, we're enjoying the journey but we're really committed and focused to finish it strong How's Brody Croft? I know he had a bit of ice it's just a precaution with that is he going to be alright? Yeah he got a dead leg so Nothing you, you see about. how he respond we got him off obviously um, I'll be, I'll be, yeah he, he's uh, he's fine The race is on for the top six it's better to go into that top six on good momentum rather than limping in there a lot of teams sort of limp in there and get in there and sort of fall apart but you're yeah. going for that on good momentum now you've got five games left you're going to attack Wakefield next week yeah what we like to think and I think there'll be a lot of teams nervous if Salford get into the six so our aim is to get in there and let's see what we can do thank you both very much for speaking to me have a nice weekend I'll see you next Friday enjoy so that was Paul Rowley, to- Paul Rowley and Kurt Aggard talking to Paul Whiteside after the game and obviously both Happy with the performance after such a good win. Yeah, and, and still very grounded, despite how good we were. And, and, and Paul Rowley's, I mean, I understand what he's saying to Paul about, Paul sort of starts off by saying that he's he's been a while in coming and, and Paul seems a little bit, Paul Rowley seems a little bit taken aback. And obviously what we, what we mean is we just haven't won him that long, but <laughs> we have been close. And Paul Rowley's basically, without using a, a, a coaching cliche, stick to the process, if you like, follow the process. And that's, Yes, he doesn't say that because Paul Rowley's not that kind of coach. But we, we don't have to change anything. We, we know what we're good at. We know where we're strong. And when we get teams on the pitch and we get a bit of luck and, I will say, decent refereeing, we're a good team. So, it obviously, delighted him and Kurt spoke excellently after the game. Again, it's more about focusing now on next week and moving on. And, and that's the, the blueprint of who we are and what we're going to do. We will be a threat if, if we play like that. So, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm delighted for Paul. Absolutely. I mean, he, his his job has been so difficult this season, unsufferable at times, because he, he hasn't got the ability to bring players in, but he loses key players constantly. He's got a small squad, there's no budget for him, or, or very little. And he's he hasn't complained, he hasn't winged, he doesn't bang his head, he doesn't com- he doesn't blame the players, he doesn't he said this is what we've got and this is what we've got to do. If we want to we have got to stick together. We might be a small group, but this is who we are and this is what we're going to be about Friday night I'm delighted that he gets the benefit of that and gets to see his hard work coming true because it'd be very easy for him to sort of think what's the point 
on his big jobs out there a lot of the time looking looking for coaches and so on. And he's but he's got he's got his mind made up and I think he knows what he wants from his team. He knows what he's got. Uh, and he's obviously wants more. I mean we've all seen that interview where he says where spots and stripes if someone comes in with money. That we all would have think, but but he understands and he understands what his team can do and how good they are and he knows he's got a good good set of players there. And if you can get them on the pitch every week, it will will be okay. Yeah, I think it's keeping everyone at a level pegging. I think that's important. Every every press conference I go to with him, I always try and big him up, try and build up, build the excitement. We're going for the playoffs, and he's always every week saying to me, "We'll take every game as it comes. We're taking it every step of the way." And I'm like, "Come on, Paul, give us a bit of unfair now. Get everyone excited." But I suppose they understand why he does what he does because he just wants everybody just to concentrate on the next game and not look forward to potential playoff games and and good winning runs because when I suppose the players get into that situation they start dreaming don't they and then they don't sort of focus on what's in front of them so he does he does it he does it right I suppose in his world yeah. keeping everyone on a on a level but it helped me when I wanted a bit of excitement well I build a bit of excitement for everyone listening at home but that's the way it is I suppose yeah I think I think Paul is more about well you do that you enjoy it yeah <laughs> I've got a job to do here and he knows that Friday night we could get beat and then he's a clown. That, that's how it is for a coach. There's no. I mean, you look at Adrian Lamb right now. He's just he's got Lee playing some fantastic rugby. He's just won the Challenge Cup. His son's just won the Lance Todd Trophy, and things don't get any better. You'd have asked him that two years ago at Wigan, when it was all falling apart, and everyone saying he couldn't coach, he wasn't this, he wasn't that. That's that's how it is, and that's how co- a coach's lot is. And and, and Rolls knows that. So he's no point him now coming out on Friday night saying, yes, we're the best team. We, are. We, we should be in the playoffs anyway. We're this good. And then you get beat off Wakefield on Friday night. Everyone goes, you're saying what? So he's he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's got. And uh, hopefully he's got he's, he's got his plan right for, for the back end of the season. Yeah. He talks about the journey, doesn't he, a lot. And talks about changing people's perceptions. And yeah. I think it's, like you say, it's important we do get to the playoffs because people... Yeah always think, oh, we're not going to make it, or we'll, oh, we'll drop out. Because this team's different. This coach is different. Paul Rowley, I think he's probably statistically Salford's best coach since the mm. 80s. I think he was on 49.1 win rate before Friday, joint with Ian Watson. So, obviously, he won Friday, so he's obviously gone above, hasn't he? So, that's a sign of how good he is. Even though we lost sort of the last six before that, and um, he was towards the top of the top of the Super League before that run came in. So he likes to do his business quietly, but stats don't lie. He's a top, top coach and you're just hoping, obviously, this is a start now. The wheels start to turn, momentum begins, uh, fans get behind and players continue to function like they were on Friday and uh, playoff isn't, isn't too far away for me. Yeah, I think that's the key. I think it's about building again now. To, to the back end of the season, we've got we've still got some very tough games to go. Some some big teams, obviously, at Wakefield this week, and then we've got Wigan away. We're looking at our, our record and our history, there's that again. That's another it's another target, I think, for us now. I think that's something that we can look at and go, oh, why not? If we do play like we did at Huddersfield, we can go there and, and, and get something. I'm I'm the biggest pessimist when it comes to that. Central Park or DW, Knowsley Road or Totally Wicked, Headingley. We don't win there. That's not what we do. We don't win. And that's that's in me. That's as a solver. This this group of players and Paul Rowley don't believe in any of that. They, that's not a thing to them. And they on their day they can do anything. Mm. And if we get on a roll, 
we've proved it before. We're going. We can be very, very difficult to stop, and the back end of this season could turn some very tough games into yeah, yeah, very winnable games. Yeah, and the biggest optimist when it comes to Salford, that's for sure. I, I'd go as far as to say, if you want to be a playoff team, you beat Warrington home, you beat Wakefield home, Okiara away and Wigan away, you win one of them. And then if you go to Catalan at home, having to win to get into a playoff, I'd take that right now. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of us. I want to get Friday night out of the way and, and beat Wakefield. That's the big key. They've, they've pushed us this year at home. Mm. We only beat one golden point and they hammered us away. So let's, let's not take our eye off the ball there. But looking ahead, I mean, the Catalan game last could actually be a bit of a blessing because mm. they may have won the legal Eden Shield by then and think, could have a rest for a week or so. I know they, get, they probably get a week anyway, but get a few in, injured bodies. Don't tra- get everyone travelling over there or whatever. Maybe take their eye off the ball a little bit. It might work in our favour. So that's that's something you could look forward to. But like you say, the battles at, at Wigan and, and Ulke are massive. Warrington at home is always a big game, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a derby and everything that goes with that. So, yeah, we again, we've got, got a lot to do yet, but it's just getting Friday night out of the way. And that's all Paul Rowley will be thinking. Let's just concentrate on that. Get two points. I don't, if you win by one or 100, who's bothered? Get that win. Get us in. Keep us in that top six. Try and improve your points difference if you can. Because that could come in very important. I know Leeds are still very dangerous in that. Them positions there. They, they've got a really good points difference. And that could edge somebody out. Us, mm. KR, FC, whoever. But um, even Warrington at the moment teetering a little bit so it's going to be interesting but um, at least we're in there we're in the mix because if we'd have lost on Friday night I think I think it could have been a devastating effect not just because of the drop point but because of what it would do to the morale of the team against the team below us who would then be challenging but it was a huge thing I think it ends Huddersfield's hopes probably and it's kept ours well alive and, and, and again like I mentioned earlier it's given us that optimism again now to think yeah okay we, we can do this. Yeah, good crew gets you through. That's what they say. Looking at the stats, top tacklers, Callum Watkins, 26, Brad Singleton, 25, Andy Ackers, 32, King V, 20, Sam Stone, 30, Oliver Patton, 37. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd probably say we, certainly in the second half, had the majority of the ball, so uh, defending, defending wouldn't have been too much of a mission, but it was the way we defended as well. Mm. We were gangs. Of players putting them under pressure. That one we dragged them out uh, for a met, met, pushed him behind his own try line. Three players met him and carried him back. Again, I mentioned the one where we took him in a touch. Constant, just, just great defence. Ollie Partington, he, he seemed to be getting back to the the Ollie we had at the start of the year. I know he had that injury, and I don't think he's looked fit properly since Friday night. I, he really stood out for me because every time something big happened, I was like. Well, and they're thinking, oh, it's him again. It's him again. Him and Callum Watkins just seem to be in that, them, them big moments. And again, you mentioned Cal there doing a load of tackles. Doesn't surprise me. It's what he does. Andy Ackers, brilliant. But, no, oh, great, great, great defensive work. And probably for the first time this season, the missed tackle count would have been a lot lower than the opposition's. I think we, we, we really, really defended well. Yeah, don't look at missed tackles. All the oppressors that. <laughs> 
talk about the top meter makers. Ken CO 100, Callum Watkins 82, Tim Laffey 110, Joel Burgess 117, Brad Singleton 131, Andy Acker 65, King V 67, Oliver Partington 38, Brad Singleton 131. Parky, that's a superb effort for my new signing. Yeah, and it's it's what we've lacked all year. Someone to, to a forward making them big meters. They've tried. I've got I'm not knocking them, but we've had very little impact going forward. But the other night he was he was a wrecking ball, a real wrecking ball, and he's he's making his mark early on here now, isn't he? He's he's, he's obviously saying that I am here for for the for the right reason. He's not. Been let go from Wigan and that's it. That's my career. He's he's having a real go. We need that, and if we can get a couple more player forwards making hundred meters, we'll we'll be really tough to stop. But yeah, he, I mean, in defence and attack the other night, Singleton was brilliant. Really was. I mentioned after the game straight away. I made a couple of phone calls, and I was telling people then that him him and Ollie Partington and we were just just in everything we did, mm. certainly defensively as well. But yeah, no great. Great stats, really. It's, it's nice to see that we are getting a forward into the 100 metre zone now. Yeah, exciting times for him. Average gains, Ken CO8, Callum Watkins 8, Joe Burgess 8, Brad Singleton 8, Chris Atkin 9, Dean Cross 11. Um, it's good to get six players over seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, that's it. If you're, if you're making them gains every, every time you drive the ball, because mm. there's been times this year where I think we've made negative you know what I mean, we've, we've got the ball and ended up going backwards. But on Friday night, the, the, that was the thing for me. We seemed to run more direct and tire them out. They've got a big pack, and that must have been a tactic of roles that take them on at the middle, tire them out. Because if we if we don't do that, our backs are not going to get anywhere. But it was really, really good. You could see their players getting frustrated. I remember saying a few times, just watch your heads here because there's going to be some tackles coming in because they were losing it a little bit. Certainly the likes of Jake Connor, who it doesn't take much for to, to lose it. People like that were getting a little bit angry. They were they were getting turned around constantly. So, yeah, I think I think we got our tactics spawn. We knew what we were doing, and again, it'll be different on Friday because it's a different team we're playing against. So we might not play the same way, and we might be going next week and saying, "Oh, forwards were only making 40, 50 meters," but we might have played a completely different style. But so, yeah, no, it all works on Friday. Yeah, Jake Connor squared up to Jack Armourine at one point. I think Armourine tried to take him after the after the kick, and then as they were trotting back, kind of shoved him. And Armourine sort of turned round and glared at him, and uh, just sort of backed away slow. <laughs> but yeah, it was quite funny that <laughs> you, you see the worst of someone like Jake Connor, who undoubtedly has has skills, but his attitude's just awful. I mean, that drop out at the end. When he kicks it straight out of play, I couldn't really work out what he was doing. He's the last player of the game. All he had to do was knock it long and get his forwards to run out and tackle our player. And I know he's only an extra two points, but it's them lacks of discipline that that kill teams. And he's he's very much like that. There was, there was a few times in the game when he got tackled and he had a bit of a go. Mm. I don't know. He thinks he's a little bit more special than anybody else. I don't know, but it was a strange signing for Watson for me anyway because he doesn't seem like a Watson type player. What, what I was like, he likes safe players, people like Theo Farge and Luke Yates, people, Jake Bibber, people who do you a job and don't don't to cause too many ructions. So a bit of a strange one, but that's obviously that's their problem. But on Friday, it's nice to see players get the come-uppance when they deserve it. 
Yeah, not Paul Bradley's problem. Let's move on. Big thanks to your three-word match reports of Man of the Matches. Stuart Smart, Left Edge, Superb, Partington, Mark, Defensive Efforts, Singleton, Andy Lancashire, Relentless Reds win. Croft, Colin Wilson, Friday Night Delight, Stone, KDL, Defence wins games, Brody Croft, Paul Whiteside's mate, Roy Ellaby, Major Confidence Boost, Sam Stone, and that's about it. So big thanks for everyone who gave us their... Three word match reports by their matches. Lots of happy Reds uh, waking up. Probably we saw Reds on Saturday. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was a, yeah, he, he looked, certainly looked like some alcohol had been consumed. I'll, I'll say that on, on Friday. <laughs> but that could just be the joy of winning. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great feeling, isn't it? It makes a massive difference. And uh, like I say, we can build on it and, and go forward to Friday. Yeah. So on Saturday, Salford Red Devils Reserves played Huddersfield away. And we're victorious. They won 30 points to 28. Tries from Dan Harrison, Scott Parnaby, Jordan Brown, Owen Blackwood, Ame Borough, and five goals from Matt Rudd. It was good enough for Stuart Wilkinson's men to record their second win on the spin. Yeah, great win. Really good. Huddersfield have got they've got a massive playing roster at Huddersfield. Somehow they managed to fit about 40 players under one salary cap with, I don't know, five key players. And so some of them aren't going to play, so they would have been in their reserves. And they'll have a strong reserve side, and obviously this world-class academy that they've obviously got, but we were told they had anyway. And we, we've turned them over. What a great a great result. And these lads, we've said it a few times, and I've heard, I've heard Stuart Wilkinson obviously say it, that it's not about results as such for these lads yet. Maybe more next year and the year after. They've gone down the route of having younger players because we haven't got an academy. Players that we, they can learn and get better every week. And, and they, they've been learning through defeats a lot of the time this season. We know that. But we've said it. There's no pressure on them. Just go and learn the game, get better. And and then you get results like this. And that's unexpected, I suppose, in some ways. But it just shows that the promise that some of these lads have got. Yep. Three Salford tries in the first half. Two for Huddersfield. Salford went in, uh, in front at half-time, 18 points to 10. We extended our lead in the second half with two quick tries to take it 30 points to 10. But then Huddersfield came back like an express train with four tries. Missed three goals at the end. Uh, but we're not bothered. We took the points, uh, Paul. 28 points to 30. Yeah, doesn't matter how you win. Just win. But to get out into that that, that lead, it probably might have took a bit out of us. And and the, the, the big thing is at the moment, or certainly in the last few years in rugby league, momentum is huge. If you've got momentum behind, you will score points. Mm. It seems to be more so now than I've ever known it in rugby league. You see it quite a lot. A team can be well in front and then all of a sudden it turns and the opposition get on a roll and, and score. Well, we saw it. We saw it in the first team the other week against Saints. First half was us, second half, Saints got the ball, got on the roll, and it, it just happens. So, yeah, that's, that could be the key. And, and like I say, if Huddersfield have got a bit more experience in their reserves than we've got, controlling a game, making the right decisions at key times can, can cost you. But we've all gone in there and we've got, we've, we've got the result. Yep, our PDRL team were in action uh, this weekend in Warrington. They played Leeds and Wakefield. They played Leeds and lost 20 points to 16. Two tries from Jordan Bolan and one from Sean Beglin-Jones. Conversions by Tima Hughes and Sean Robinson. Close game. Leeds are a good team. But our PDRL team battled hard. But unfortunately, couldn't get the win. Yeah, no, a great effort. Really good. And, and I suppose the key is with that, again, it, it's like in every 
every walk of rugby league in many ways. When you look at Leeds, they'll have a lot of players available to choose from, squads and um, and our, our guys, happy band of brothers and sisters, because they, they they do they do stick together. There won't be won't many of them, so they'll all do big minutes and everything. It's it's a lot more difficult for us at the moment. So hopefully we can we can continue to develop. I know it's shown great promise, and it, it's I mean it's, it's a wonderful thing to have, isn't it? And I, I I hope we get to see more of these guys because every time they play, they seem to be somewhere else in the world. It'd be nice to have a sort of a tournament or something down at at the Salford Stadium where we could all come and come and watch. But uh, no, f- full of praise for them. And just, just keep going and keep enjoying. And hopefully, again, wins will come. Yeah. Then they played Wakefield and lost Nara 18 points to 12. Two more tries from Jordan Boylan. Uh, conversions from Lily Forbes and Dave Heffernan. Like I say, two narrow defeats. But really, it's not about winning or losing, Parky. It's about yeah. playing and enjoying it. And even though they lost twice, Rugby League was the winner on Sunday. Well, I, I had the pleasure of uh, sitting with uh, Dave Heffernan at, at the Lance Top the other week. Mm. A, a, a lovely chap and a, a big, a, sort of a big Salford fan as well, if you like. I mean, so he's, he's getting to rep for the club. These, these guys played for Salford and yet stand on the terrace. He came the other night and he got some, some sort of video messages from Sam Stone and... and Shane Wright, who were at the Lancaster, to send to his son. I mean, it's that the, the joy it must give you playing for you, playing for for the club, playing for so you put that shirt on. You one minute you're on the terrace watching your, your heroes, if you like. Next minute you're one of them. Mm. And we're what we're going to be watching you. Well, that that must give them so much joy. It's a great position to be in. And uh, yeah, I, I met with David first time and sort of spoken with him. It's uh, yeah, a lovely chap, and uh, I, I I wish them all the very best. They're all. They're all so keen for it. So, yeah, good to see. Yeah, exciting times for them. Hopefully more games and hopefully more wins to come. And let's move on to our ladies. They were in action against Lee, away from home. Lee, top of the table in Super League 2. And our ladies lost Nara 28 points to 22. Tremendous game. Both teams going at it. I think our ladies lost last time. I think it was 58-10. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Nothing like that this time. Both sides, really competitive. I think you can show how far our ladies have come in, with a performance like this. Yeah, it's a massive marker, isn't it? As you say, Leah top of the league and, and probably going to get promoted to the to Super League One, which is, we've, we've seen, it's a massive thing now, isn't it? A big competitive league. And that's the level that our, our girls have been trying to get to. We mentioned it a few times this year, they've struggled to get the, the same team on the park and players have to drop in and out and then again learning at a higher level mm. you know last season we not saying we walked through it but there were games where the, the competition just wasn't there and that's that's not the same in this league it's every single week you've got to be at, at your best and and it, it just shows how much we've learned and how, how much more competitive we are now than we were even just a couple of months ago great great performance and just just unlucky I mean I thought I was following it on on Twitter and it sounded like at one point we could have we could have probably got something out of it. We were we were going that well, but you you got to you got to realise that Lee are a good team. They've got a lot of good players, and again, the area Lee are in, they have a, a bigger pool of players to pick from and a bigger draw maybe. So our girls have really competed well, and uh, and it's great to see. And we we just keep plugging away, and we've got the odd win this season, and it's fingers crossed we can carry on with that. 
But no, a, a, a positive result in many ways, even though we didn't win. Yeah, obviously our, our ladies' defence was 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 fantastic. Parker forwards rolling forward as well, really. Effort with commitment was there. Lee sort of went into a 22.8 lead. And I thought at that point, this would go either way here. And our ladies dug in at that point, refused to take a backward step and really got, like you say, got themselves back in the contest. And I think with if it was like 10 minutes extra, mm-hmm. we'd, have won, we'd have won that because Lee were out on the feet with 10 minutes to go. Yeah, that's what I mean about like the momentum of, of games, how it switches. And once you're on a roll, you, you can... You can really punish teams, and that's what I mean. I was like, I was following it and thought, here we go, mm. here we go. We've got, we've got it now. We've got this. But obviously, I mean, like, I say, they're a good team, and they, they probably weren't likely to throw it away. But uh, no, the, the girls have been 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 happy with with their own development. I think this year, and and finding finding their feet a little bit in this league, and then I think this just proves and puts down a marker that we're getting there now. And in twelve months' time, who knows? That, that could be us at the top of the league. Yeah, uh, fantastic performance. Just quickly run uh, through the how the game went. Salford started well, sort of forced Lee into a dropout. Uh, we got the ball. Uh, early score from Liana Leota in the corner. Demi Jones offload. She dives over in the corner uh, for a try, and we led 4 0. And then Lee put a bit of pressure on us, scored um, to make it 6-4. But then Salford scored themselves. Big high kick from Demi Jones. Uh, the Lee winger uh, dropped it. Uh, Alex Simpson swooped on it, raced over from about 30 metres to score. And we led 6-8 with about 20 minutes gone. Yeah, uh, again, just following up on the kick, not, not standing admiring it. There's always a chance that something's going to go wrong. I've, I've seen it a few times this year with... With the men's team, where we put a kick up, and you don't put, you got to put pressure on them because it, mm. it's a pointless kick. Otherwise, all right, and the kick might not have been brilliant either, but that's something. And Demi Jones has got a great kicking game, by the way. She's oh. a superb kicker of the ball. You can tell that she's got that. Obviously, she played league for a long time, but she's got football in her. Hasn't she? She's. I know. She, I think she works at Everton, doesn't she? Which if she carries on like that. She might end up getting a game for them. <laughs> um, but. So, yeah, so she's got that. She knows how a ball works. She understands. Mm. And, and the players who've got that in, in, every, in every men's game, women's game, whatever. And, and she can really put a ball away on a sixpence. And uh, yeah, so it's not surprising that she causes errors. Yeah, two or three uh, big bombs cause chaos in that Lee defence. I know Leota nearly scored. Helena Walker nearly scored. Through similar kicks. So that was a real, real weapon for uh, ladies, I'm saying being picky, we turned over a bit of ball coming out of our sort of sort of twenty. Lee took advantage, scored. It was twelve eight Lee at half time. Parker and obviously we battled hard. We'd really tested them. I thought we were a better team in in that first half. Unfortunately, going in behind. Yeah, the, the thing is about putting points on the board, isn't it? When you're on top, I'm like I've said it a few times. I'm going to start sounding like Steve O, but the momentum is is a big thing when you've got it use it but but again you i suppose it's the level of opposition as well against other teams you get a bit more joy when you're on top Lee, like you say a good team a lot of a lot of decent players in there so but no again at half time we've gone in we're probably thinking we're in this now we we've got the good chance we've got to start, start big and that's 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 the problem i think sometimes as well when you do think that you get a bit too emotional Right, we start big, we start big, and then you make a mistake, or it just takes one thing and that's gone. That moment's gone and it's hard to get back. So, 
second half started Lee put lots of pressure on us Parky four sets on our line uh, and the dam broke Lee scored 18-8 at that point we scored again shortly after to make it 22-8 and like I said before we dug in at that point our forwards came went went for it continue to dig in continue to drive forward and that showed heart it showed mm. character and that, and that's what it's all about we talk about the journey we talk about how this ladies team has developed yeah. they've gone to the top of the top of the table and really really put a big effort and you can't give them you can't give them enough praise for that for me no like, i mean you're saying there about the, the lee having four sets on, on the line and you are gonna, you are gonna break eventually. That's that's the importance of getting a repeat set, and that's something I, I scream every week. Come away from the line with something. Don't, don't just put a kick dead or die with the ball. Try, just try it. See if you can get put the ball out of play or force an error or whatever. And that, and it will, it will work for him. And it obviously work for Lee. And that's again, that's the intelligence of players and knowing what what's what. But then, like you say, the, the ladies at that point, could, you could crumble. You could think. We're here, we're away at league, the top of the league, they're the best team and we're starting to get beat up. But they haven't, they've obviously stood there behind the post and they've had a chat about this and, you know, we're not, we're not going down without a fight. Let's give it, let's show them the best of what we've got and how good we are. And then, like you say, you get a bit of momentum and, and we, we, we've obviously, I don't, I, I think sometimes in games, and I've seen it a little bit with the, the ladies team, we have spells where we seem to not become disinterested, but seem to, not have the same concentration for the full eight to, mm. and then all of a sudden we switch it on, and we turn into a completely different animal. I think it happened earlier in the year. I don't know if it was Featherstone or it could have been Bradford away, and we we just all of a sudden we just changed again into a different animal. And once we're on, we're really on the. He's great to watch, but we seem to have spells where we switch off a little bit, don't communicate as well, and I don't know if that's just learning again. You've got to have spells in that game. That's where you might need key players to just drag you through. Yep. So we started to climb the mountain there. Tasca Corum with a scoop from Dummy Half to make it 22-14. Lee scored again. Big switch from right to left. Big numbers in the corner. Went it 28-14. And with about eight, five minutes to go, Tasca Corum scored again. Scooting over from Dummy Half. And like I said before, it was 28-20 at that point. And Lee were on the ropes. I think if that game lasts another seven minutes, ten minutes, we win that. And that's and that's how far I think our, our ladies have come. I was impressed uh, with Sage Bannister again at fullback. Some really good touches. Lee kicking deep and having to scramble back and beat the the chase. Fantastic from her. Liana Leota, fresh from representing, I think it's England netball uh, team in the World Cup. Uh, scored a great try, really good uh, drives forward as well. And I think everyone was really impressive. Like I said, the forwards, the defence was there to be seen. I think, obviously, you're going to be disappointed that we lost, but you're going to be proud of what where they've come and where they're going. Yeah, yeah. well, I said it again, they're still learning. These girls are in the first year of playing rugby league. Some are only in the second year. You're coming up against players who've been playing rugby league most of the lives, some of them, certainly from the sort of key rugby league areas, if you like, Wigan, League, Leeds, places like that. Our girls are learning and they're learning every week. And, and we know these good players there. We've seen it. We know how good they are. And, and But sticking it together at a full eight to, at that level is, is is where we've got to go next. And But we are, and we're recruiting good players as well. Each year we'll add another couple of players that'll be a little bit more experienced maybe and, and want to go because it's, there's a project at Salford at the moment. That's that's probably what it is. And players from the outside will look at it that way. 
you've got your developed clubs like Saints and Leeds and York and Wigan and teams like that. And if you're a player, you have a choice of where you go. You're probably looking at Salford going, well, let's see what, what happens. And I think, I don't think anyone can be anything less than impressed by what's happened there in, in such, what, 18 months, two years. It's, it's, it's incredible. And yeah, I think, I think development will carry on. And I think we'll get better. And I think hopefully we'll start bringing through our own players. And, and, and like I say, this, this time next year, let's see where we are then. Because this, this is a big step that we've made this year. Mm. Um, and next year we'll know more about this league. We'll know more about the players. And, uh, and hopefully we can, we can just keep progressing. Yeah, I got reaction from head coach Chris Bates and loose forward Brogan Evans after the game. And this is what they had to say. Yeah, a little bit of sweet on Sunday. I think some aspects of that game we can be really pleased with. We've gone straight to the top of the league, who a team that put a fair score on us last time and, and, and we're causing some real trouble, coming away, kind of losing by eight points. And when you reflect on the game, you think, well, that was kind of in our gift. That felt very much like we lost it rather than they won it. And, and nice to hear all the praise they heaped on us afterwards for the way we'd improved and, and so on. But I think we probably knew that we didn't represent ourselves the way we wanted to the first time out and went in a, in a, in a difficult circumstance when they came to us with... with you know, tons of injuries and, and ultimately did our best. So nice to put our best foot for best foot forward on Sunday. So certainly sweet in that regard. The bitter bit is the the kind of bit I talked about a little bit earlier. Where I think we could have won the game. We completed really poorly. I thought we made the wrong decision at times, and actually we're we're just not that far off. So that that becomes um, frustrating really because I wanted to walk away from there with with two competition points um, and the results to be proud of. When in reality, okay, we got the results to be proud of, and we need to go and take that into to Feven Barrow, but. Yeah, I, th- I think most of the way through that game, kind of thought we might find a way to win it. But you know, we'll learn from that. We need to control the ball a little bit better, um, and you know, we'll certainly look to do that going into the last two games of the season before we hit the playoffs. Well, I've got a game to go for my clash last time, which was I think fifty-eight ten. To this time, losing by one try and a couple of conversions, I think that shows a massive testament to us and the hard work and the journey we've been on. I've said before that we said we didn't want to, we wasn't bothered about winning the league. We were looking at working forwards towards playoffs and building and building each game. And we've clearly gone and done that. Like the, the scoreline difference says it all. Lee are top of the table um, and they're looking to push to Super League One next year. And we've just given them the fight for their lives. They thought they were going to walk all over us. I think part of us thought they were going to walk all over us. And it wasn't like that at all. It was a really close fought battle through and through all the way to the end. It's the first time that I've honestly believed that we can do this. We actually can go to playoffs, we can win playoffs, and I think we need to start believing ourselves a little bit more because we are more than capable of it. Let's go, Salford. So, Rogan Evans and Chris Bates, reaction after the game. Chris was talking about completion and and obviously bits where he feels we can improve, but happy with what was, was, was produced and not, like you say, how it's, how it's coming together. Yeah, he was he was disappointed with the possession, wasn't it? The way we we kind of probably made a few too many errors. But sometimes, again, you've got to give the opposition a bit of credit as well for the way they play and what the pressure they'll put you under and and how how difficult they make it to control the ball. You might you might have set plays lined up when the ball gets forced out in during that because you've been spotted. It's tough, but the girl, like I say, the girls. Chris knows that. I'm not. I'm not. He knows his his team better than anybody and. He, he can't be anything less than impressed by by what he saw, really. The improvement in, in a few months, like you said before, from the game we played at, at the Salford Stadium a few months back to where they are now, it, it's fantastic. And it, 
I mean, it is good for coaches to be critical and say, you've got to get better at this. And if you do get better at this, you will win games like that. That's the next step. But we're not there yet. And like I say, we're still learning when and where to pass the ball and when to, to do what with it. But no, I think he's right in what he's saying. Uh, and he does. He's not, he's not being hypercritical at all. He's just a little bit disappointed that those things have happened. But in different games and against maybe lesser opposition, that doesn't happen. And, and you're going to win the game. Yeah, Brogan Evans talked about where they've come from and now they're going forward in, in that direction. If you're not listening to, to Brogan Evans' pop-up podcast, I, I advise you for, to listen to that. Great journey she's been on. Really good talker. Well worth a listen for me. But yeah, she was spot on for what she said as well. Yeah, no, we spoke a week ago or so, didn't we? Or was it at the weekend about, about Brogan? And yeah, she, she's really good. She, she talks a lot of sense as well. She's, she, but she's a good player. Again, another one really that's still learning on the job in many ways. But she, she was right in what she said again. She was she was happy. You could tell in her voice that she was happy with what they, what they achieved the other day. That's a big sort of marker thrown down. And it'll give them confidence now. The girls know how good they were on uh, at the weekend. And they can take that forward now into the next game and say, well, we performed like that against whoever. We, we've got a great chance of winning games. And again, it's just like I said about the men's team, that, that boost it gives you put in performance. And sometimes it's not the result. It's the performance. And it, we, we again, like I said, we put a marker down there now and we've just got to back that up in the next game whenever that comes along. Yeah. The, the ladies' fixtures are very erratic, but <laughs> next time the one comes along, we've got to keep that, that momentum now uh, and that confidence. Yeah, I think they play Barrow and Featherston in the next two oh, games. Right. I think the game yeah. is in two weeks' time. I'm going to guess it's Barrow, but it probably will be Featherston. Check the club. They'll have the fixtures there. Uh, but it's well worth looking at it and supporting the ladies. They're looking to get a home playoff spot. A um, couple of wins or one win in that uh, situation might get us there. And I suppose it is important if you get a home tie in a playoff and, and you play well, you're in, you're one foot in the final. Yeah, I think, yeah, I know Barrow will be tough because they're, they're, they're really good, aren't they? Barrow ladies, they're, they're up there. But yeah, like I said, I mean, it'd just be great to be in the playoffs this year. It's another step. We've come from come from nowhere last year. We didn't have a team to getting promoted and winning a, a trophy to then the year after stepping up a league and making the playoffs in the next league. Mm. You can't ask for more than that. And that's got to be the aim. We're not expecting silverware and, and everything else. That's not where we're at. But just to be competing. And then, like I say, this time next year, who knows where you can be? Or we might be going, well, playoffs is the minimum next year. That's that's the way it's got to be, and it, it's such. I mean, it's happened so quickly. I think we forget where where who we are and where we've come from. So uh, still a lot of learning to do, but you know, they can make the playoffs. What a great effort! They'll make a film, Parker. They'll make they'll make a film, Bruce Willis for you, John <laughs> Candy for me, Jimmy Nail for Paul. <laughs> already got it written down. It's already there. <laughs> I mean, I like the Bruce Willis bit. I'll settle for that. Yeah. <laughs> so, unlucky ladies, keep working hard, and yeah. and we'll see where where the journey takes us. So, that's the results for all our teams this week, and now we'll see what's happening in the world of Sofa Red Devils and Rugby League. So, we'll start with the Sky TV deal. Mm -hmm. It's gone out to tender. 
Sky Sports are in the pole position to be granted the uh, licenses. We obviously were, were going off rumour. There's nothing solid about about amount to be given to clubs. On Twitter, there is talk of it being less uh, than before, which is a problem <laughs> for many clubs because obviously the Sky money is a major source of finance. So if you're not getting as much as you did before, it means you have to cut your cloth accordingly or ramp up your revenue streams. Yeah, well, I mean, that's all IMG are going on about as well, isn't it? The, uh, the, you've got to start bringing in more to, to add to the to the pot, if you like. I, I don't really know how to take it. It does look like, like Sky are going to get it. The, the, the one good thing before I have a probably a bit of a rant is it looks like every game will be shown. Mm. Thus, we'll have to have a video ref which makes the game even at last after 28 years. Yeah. Every game will have a video referee. So decisions can be made, hopefully, a little bit more fair. Because that's been, you get two games a week that have a video ref and the rest don't. Not a level playing field at all. Mm. And if you're on Sky more than somebody else, it doesn't work. So Sky Sport, I'm not overly convinced by by them. I don't think they have the best interest in rugby league at heart. That's my thought. I would have I would have liked it to have been shared about a little bit more. I know it's not in concrete yet, but it, it looks that way. And then somehow we managed it looks like we managed to negotiate a lesser deal than we did a few years ago. I don't know how that happens. I don't I looked at the, the, the football league, not the Premier League, the actual football league. Which has got its biggest deal ever. Women's football's got its biggest deal ever. Netball got its biggest deal ever. We take a step backwards in rugby league. We seem to be, yes, thank you, sir. Thanks for your efforts. We're, we're delighted to be part of this. And it seems a small minded mentality for us. But we're not pushing and, and saying, well, right, okay, we'll take it. We'll take our business elsewhere. There, there are people out there interested. I think, I think sometimes we're just too, too stuck in our ways. Sky's rugby league, that's the way it is. They own rugby league now. Well, it shouldn't be like that and we shouldn't be getting less money for it. Mm. Especially in these current times where we're trying to pay people, including staff, but players, a wage, a decent wage for what they do. And let's not be, let's not forget, these players at the top of the game, this is their life we're talking about. And some of them earn less than somebody who sits in an office. That's it's not professional sport. That's not good enough. We need to be paying these players what they deserve. We can't have a big enough squad because there's not enough money going around. And yet, we, we're now going to get less. You think, well, how does this work? I know we, we're looking at revenue. The club weren't not looking for revenue. We, we obviously always want more money. Everybody does. But not everybody's as lucky. It's the same in any walk of life. And you need that little bit more help. And I think, I think the central governance of, of rugby league's been poor for years. And I think this is perhaps if it does go ahead a little bit of a marker of it that we haven't I don't think explored enough Is that not the mantra of society doing more for less and this is what's happening we're now having potentially video games videos at every game video referees at every game the expense of that it is important for Sky that Rugby League is a success because they are the majority shareholder in it they need this sport to grow. I think hopefully they'll ditch the Thursday night games and focus on the weekend and getting people, as many people, to games as possible. 
if obviously you're going to stagger the kickoff times, if everybody plays on TV, a couple of games on Friday, a couple of games on Saturday, a couple of games on Sunday, that would be an ideal situation for, for everybody. And we'll have to wait and see, Park. It is exciting. We, we talk about teams and IMG wanting to change the face of the game and making it a bigger profile. It's going to be a difficult situation for them because obviously they need exposure to build. And yeah, you have seen it a bit on Twitter. Right? Rugby players getting invited to the British Open Golf and various other massive sporting events for a little chat in front of the camera about rugby league and getting our sport out there. How much that grows our sport, I don't know, because it's on Sky. You're still attacking the people who are watching Sky. So I'm not sure how much that grows our sport, but it's a start. Hopefully, Channel 4 might get back involved, BBC. But we'll have to wait and see. It's going to, it's going to be a really interesting next sort of three, five years for, for this sport. Because like you say, we've got different factions. We've got the wheelchair rugby. We've got the ladies rugby. We've got international rugby. We've got different things that have to be funded through through this so we'll have to see how it all plays out, I suppose. For me, I think what's disappointed me is certainly in the off-season of the football, there hasn't been more rugby league to, to, to cover them slots where there's mm. no sport. There's just been reruns of garbage on a on a Thursday night or or whatever. And then, so why why couldn't we have during the off-season when the football wasn't on and they were struggling to, to fill airtime? A game on Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Why could that not have been Sky's price? If they wanted to promote the game and get it out there to people, Spread the game out. Let's have a bit more coverage. I mean, the championship's been dropped from via play, I think, for next season. Has anyone bothered picking that? Is that part of this Sky deal? And if it is, we're getting less money. So how does that work? The women's game, is that getting more coverage? I doubt it. Wheelchair rugby. Is anything... Uh, what? What? I need to see a plan. I need mm. to know what they're actually thinking. But again, you mentioned something there. And this is something I went on about. Friday night, Wakefield Castleford. A game I would have loved to have watched. I think local rivals, big relegation game, been a great atmosphere to see. It's on a Friday night. There are four Super League games on the same night. Now, you take out the two teams that are already involved in that. Now, I know it's a reduced capacity at Wakefield, but let's imagine it held 12,000 and they filled it. That's 12,000 people not watching on Sky. Then you've got four, three other games involving six teams. Mm who would all, a lot of them, would be at their games not watching on Sky. The Sky figures then look rubbish. So why didn't they just play it on one night, play one game on that night and move the fixtures? Why don't they do it? If Sky have got the best interest in Rugby League, and Rugby League, the people who run Rugby League have got the best interest in Rugby League, why don't they make that happen? I don't. It makes common sense. It's just sense to get people watching. Why don't we have a game Saturday night again like they used to do? Or Sunday evening. So rugby league fans who want to watch the game, mm. your main your main customers, the main reason I've got Sky Sports in my house is to watch rugby league. Otherwise, if it wasn't on if Sky wasn't on if rugby league wasn't on Sky, I'd probably ditch it. I'll be mm. honest with you. But go to wherever it's gone, wherever it goes. So I can't watch half the games because I'm at the match. Any game on a Friday night, I'm generally watching Salford. So I don't get to see it. I can record it, yeah, but it's not. You've heard the result by then, and it's not the same. You don't get the same buzz. And I just think it, the whole thing needs re-looking at. And let's let's separate 
game days or let's let's make Sky Games stand alone. Mm. Let's make them an event. Yeah. And that will grow the game. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's probably down to scheduling. Like when mm. coaches want seven days, don't they? So if we, we play Friday, we play Friday this week, so Paul Riley's had seven days of training and rest. If we moved it to Saturday, let's say, Wakefield would have had an extra day, wouldn't they? But then I also think it's a bit weird that we were originally playing Wakefield on Sunday, mm. but then we moved it to Friday, but we weren't on the telly. So I couldn't quite sure why that happened either, because Wakefield would have had three more days. We both would have had three more days extra rest. So why did we move the fixture forward? Oh, backwards, sorry, three days. It didn't make any sense to me, because I thought we'd move it to be on Sky. But we're not on Sky, so I was a bit like, well, why did we move it? I mean, is that kind of work for us, because we're on Sky the week after now against mm. Wigan? But I think, wasn't that a Friday night anyway? Yeah. So it wouldn't have made any difference. I don't get it. I don't get the, a lot of it. But like you say, I just want to see... I, I want to see... We, we, we've got enough trouble clashing with football. Certainly in Salford Rugby League Club, we do, because unfortunately we've got... Oh, unfortunately, depending on how you look at life, two of the biggest football clubs in the world on our doorstep. It's always going to be an issue. But football in general is, is it's dominant sport. So if it's on the telly, we've no point us trying to compete with it. Mm. But Sky could easily plot around that and work around it. They know when the football fixes are going to be, so you could put. But they don't, and it, I don't know. I think to, to get op- optimal viewing, you have to make Sky Games stand alone. I know. Yeah. The, 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 I watched the uh, the league game Catalan at the weekend. Brilliant. So it's like Saturday afternoon. Mm. Or Saturday evening, but there was nothing else sort of on Sky at the same time mm. that could affect it. I know there was football on if you're going to a match, but generally it was free. So all rugby league fans with an interest in rugby league could watch it. Mm. Makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. We talk about the shortfall, didn't we, before? Possible shortfall in, in what is going to be given to clubs. Clubs will need to optimise their income. I think Salford do really, really good job on this with RDTV for four shirts, sponsor days, lottery, uh, Reds Rise Together people, uh, food and beer income, and away tickets as well. Uh, if you get twenty five percent, if you if you buy one, or the club get twenty five percent if you buy one. I think if look at all the other clubs, I think we probably do quite well in that situation. Yeah. And I know we've obviously just employed people to do that. That's what part of this, this fundraising was all about, wasn't it? Share option, whatever it's called. And that's what that was for, to bring staff in to do that, to help us bring more money in, because we just didn't have the staff to do that. So now we can look at more commercial options. You mentioned there about the beer and food, and uh, I didn't realise until Paul King mentioned a few weeks ago, we still haven't got that sorted, because there's a block through the council, which now comes to light that there is a problem being caused, that the takeover now is being delayed because there are a couple of councillors who are against it. And and that's just delaying us. And I, I mean, it, it makes you wonder, doesn't it, who, who's on your side sometimes? I know, obviously, Paul Dennett and, and his, his, his people are all very keen on on the stadium being taken over and, and, and helping the club as best they can. There are others out there who are the same ones that didn't want it to be built in the first place and would happily see it all go to, to, to dust. So uh, we've got a problem there at the moment. 
and it's blocking the pipeline and holding us back again. And these people really need to move aside, I would suggest. But that's not going to get political. But yeah, it's it's causing us an issue. Yeah. So message is support the council, support the club and empty Parky's bins. Other things that we need to do, I think as well, we need to make sure we have a merch van or mobile shop. I know VX3 sometimes do provide merch van for people who want to buy stuff, but I think it's so important that we have one there every week because people want to purchase shirts and bobby hats and stuff. Uddersfield on Friday, they had like a mobile van with shirts just hanging on the side for people. There was a queue there of people buying stuff. And I suppose it's an expense, uh, but I'm just hoping that the club and uh, VX3 are, are in discussions about having that as a permanent fixture. Where you'd put it in our forecourt would be a, be a question because obviously you've got the uh, the new place where you have the bars, you have the 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 outside pitch, community pitch, you have the burger vans. So you'd have to have it in somewhere in that vicinity when you where people gather. So I'm just hoping, like you say, next season we have a kind of a permanent fixture there every week. Yeah, I think we missed out. We've had some big crowds recently. Uh, a lot of fans returning that haven't been for a while. And there's just nowhere to buy anything. That's that's a problem. And the club are aware of that. Of course, yeah, Paul King knows only too well and he'd love Nothing more than to be able to, to offer that, but it, it's not the case at the moment. I mean, it'd be nice if, if once the council have sorted out problems that we could... I don't know. Is there no way that us and Sale can work together and share the shop that's already been it's already built in the stadium? Is there no way that can come together? I know there's a problem then with suppliers and that kind of thing. I don't really know how they work with the merchandise together, whether... If you're selling something from VX3 and they're selling something from, I don't know, is it Canterbury or whatever at sale? I don't know who, who they're with these days, but or what? I, I don't know. Um, and I, but one thing I will I will guarantee is that no matter how you do it, there wouldn't be short of volunteers to to help run it to to keep it keep it. They don't have to be open every day or anything like that, but make sure it's open on a match day. That's mm. that's one key. But yeah, I think it's something we desperately need because we're going to lose out on so much in terms of revenue, I think, as we have done for the last few years. But yeah, the van, I mean, the VXV van, every time it's there, seems to be massive queues next to it. Mm. I, I went there last week to buy something at the last game. It was there, and uh, there was people after the game. We were the last ones around, and there were still people queuing then. So it obviously does good business. So, and a lot of people are... I, I'm, I've done it, but a lot of people are against the £6 delivery charge and things like that. And in these times where money's a little bit tight, you would rather just go and get it. And so, so it's something they've got to look at, but I'm sure it's something they're discussing and, and hopefully we can get money together to do it. Well, you're loitering, trying to catch their eye to figure out, oh, oh it's me. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I wasn't buying it sort of clothing merchandise or anything like that at the time so uh, <laughs> no it was a quick in and out but I never, th- never thought of that I should yeah. have mentioned that shouldn't I it's probably like going what's he doing here just sat there looking at me for 10 minutes what's he want <laughs> I do that around the burger man at the end of the game so giving away burgers but not yeah I'll have to try it the VXV yeah <laughs> so yeah that's that's something that's exciting 
obviously talking about the game day experience. We've got Pride Day against Wakefield. We've got Homelessness Day against Warrington. We've got the Blue Light Day against Catalan. Uh, opportunity for the club to, to go big and try and attract the people of, of Salford to come and, and, and watch a game. Well, yeah, um, the homeless one will be interesting because if certain members of the council get the way, we will be homeless. It's uh, yeah, no, it's great. I, lo- I love the way the club are doing it. I love, I love what we're trying. At least these are the things that I think Paul King and, and the other guys at the club, Marcel and people, I've tried for or wanted to put into place for ages. But there's no staff to organise these things. Mm. There's been no. Now this money's come in, we can we can start doing that. Obviously, the advertising is on the boards outside, the electronic boards and things like that, and. Things are changing a little bit. It's going to take a while. These things don't happen overnight. But it's about putting it in place now to build and go go ahead. But this, it's a great start. We had the St. Anne's, didn't we? And we had the Armed Forces, which was a, a magnificent day. And, and if you can combine these events with winning rugby league games, that's the one thing that we can't guarantee and never guaranteed. Mm. We've tried all sorts in the past to get fans in and putting putting silver pots on, on shelves usually wins things. But that's that's to come but i think yeah i think it's great and i, I look forward to to what it does and how, how it helps into the community and just shows that we're not just 13 blokes on a pitch every week this is this is us this is your club don't care who you are where you're from what you do that's up to you but you're part of this this is you it's always seemed a lot a lot in sport has always seemed very sort of exclusively probably male it's just your blokes go to the game and that's it. And, you go, and then over recent times, it's become a lot more family friendly anyway. And now I see it. It's, uh, it amazes me actually how many females I, st- I see these days at games. It kind of shocks me a little bit because it's from when I first, when I was a, a lad, as, God, how old am I? The shed was just blokes, all blokes with pipes and cigars and cigs. And now it, it, you go to a game and it's it's a proper family event. And uh, we've come a long way. We've still got a long way to go in the sport to make it inclusive to everyone, to make people think, oh, I can go to rugby, can I? This is what I, I'm, right, I'm part of this. I'm part of our community and this is, and this is what the club are trying to do now. Yeah, it was only ever four. It was your Emma, my Kate, <laughs> Rachel, Zoe, and someone else I can't remember. Top of my head. But there weren't that many, but now, like you say, it's a family family event now, which which is great. Obviously, we need that to grow the support. Yeah, very much so. But uh, not just that. I mean, we need to, obviously, going forward, look at other events and other parts of the community that we need to attract that are still not excluded. Nobody's excluded from coming and watching Salford. Absolutely nobody. But who may feel that they're excluded or it doesn't appeal to them or it doesn't, sorry, it doesn't apply to them. They're not, rugby's not them. It's not part of where they're from or what they do. That's That's wrong. It's not about that. It's about being part of something and feeling like I did on Friday night with all them people. I didn't. I don't know a lot of them people there. Mm. I've got no problem hugging them when we score a try. We are all we we're all for one purpose on that on that day, and don't care where you're from, what your political background is, or anything. It's it's for you, and that's what the club are trying to do now. Yeah, come back to me, Joe and Louise. There you go. So, obviously, talking about different days, any particular day you'd like the club to use a game day to promote, do you think? Yeah, well, selfish one. The the organ donation. Uh, yeah. That that'd be a nice a nice thing. I think it's a huge a huge thing it needs to be a, a push on that. And it, it's easy for me to say my opinions have changed a lot in, in 
certainly the last 12 months um, on that. So, it's yeah, that would be nice. I think, yeah, think things for, that again, that promote for the community, that bring people in. There's a lot of really good charities out there. Sort of save the children, that kind of thing, or even children in need when that comes around again. That's sort of something to, to 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 kind of help those who just haven't haven't been as fortunate as we are in many ways. Unless I was dragged up, I didn't I didn't get anything. But at the same point, I had I had what I needed. I had a family and that kind of thing. So yeah, that that's that's a possibility. I think perhaps linking up with with the hospital as well. We know how the NHS struggles week in, week out, just to keep the lights on, I think, sometimes. There's certain departments in, in the hospitals that need need things. Obviously, we do a bit for, for cancer care and that sort of thing. And me and you, Rob, obviously, diabetes. There's so much, but it doesn't even have to just be charity, does it? It can be any section of society. I mean, I think, I think for me, one of the one of the big ones is, is people's ethnic backgrounds that don't seem to, don't involve themselves in rugby league. I, there, there is very, very little sort of Asian sort of coverage in rugby league or anything like that. Why can't we have an Asian day? Why can't we have it? You can have your cuisines outside the stadium. I mean, imagine that. I mean, that, that attracts thousands anyway. But to, to learn about other cultures, I know Eccles alone is a quite a large sort of Polish community. Can we do something there? There's so many options, so many things you can do. But yeah, I know the club will look at it. But we've only just started. But you only get so many games a year as well. But I think that's what these working com- these committees will be for. Yeah, well, exciting. We'll see what what comes out at the other end after all. The community decide what 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 they want to see at the games. So well, that's all the news, Parkin. We'll now see what's happening in the world of rugby league with White Sides World Rugby League. Here is this week's Devon the Detail Amateur Report and, of course, the world of rugby league. We'll start this week with the National Conference League Premier Division. Rochdale Mayfield continued their good form. They won away from home against Hull Dockers by 52 points to 6 on Saturday. That result keeps Mayfield just short of the top. They are five, uh, six points behind Hull, Hunslet, who are top, but they have got a game in hand there. West Hull and Waffborough are just above Rochdale uh, Mayfield. In Division 2... Waterhead Warriors continue their top of the table. They beat Milford by 52 points to 12 away from home. Waterhead Warriors are now six points clear of Dewsbury Moor Maroons. And they've got a game in hand. Waterhead are charging towards that title. They've had a fantastic season so far. Saddleworth Rangers got a much-needed win. They beat uh, Normanton Knights by 24 points to 16. And Oldham St. Anne's, they continue their run at the top of Division 3. They beat Beverly by 38 points to 6. So Oldham St. Anne's are still top. They are uh, above Ellenborough Rangers on points difference. Ellenborough won at Hensingham by 38 points to before they're battling out for the title in Division 3. The fixtures for this weekend, there's one game on Friday night, the 25th of August, that's Waterhead Warriors against Shawcross Sharks in Division 2. In the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Wigan St. Pat's on Saturday, and there's one fixture in Division 2, uh, Oldham Saturns don't play this weekend. Uh, Saddleworth Ranger at home to Shawcross Sharks. That's on uh, sorry, that's on Tuesday, not Saturday. That's next Tuesday, the 29th. So just one game Saturday between Rochdale Mayfield and Wigan St. Pat's. Well, as I said, there's no um, game for Oldham St. Anne's this weekend. St. Anne's have been crowned champions because I've just had a look and they, nobody can catch them in the league. They've won it by a points difference, so they played their 18 matches. So they've won it on points difference from Ellenborough. So congratulations to everybody involved at Oldham St. Anne's. They're the champions and uh, they'll be promoted next season to Division 2. So well done to St. Anne's. Well, it's big congratulations to uh, 
Catalan Dragons as well, they won the, the Wheelchair Challenge Cup final. They beat Leeds Rhinos by 66 points to 22. That was in Sheffield on Sunday. Fantastic result for them. They led 30 points to 10 at half-time, but really run away in the second half, 66 points to 20. The reserves with some results gone on this weekend. Salford won again. They won away at Huddersfield by 30 points to 28. Wigan beat Hull FC 26-24. St. Helens beat Ulcair 52-6. And Wakefield Trinity beat Castleford Tigers by 54 points to 28. Moving on to Women's Rugby League. Huddersfield Giants nil St. Helens 68. Lee Drivers 58. Warrington 10. Barrow 4. Barrow Raiders 70. Cashford Tigers 8. Featherstone Rovers 58. Salford were beaten 28-20 at Lee Leopards. And Wigan 4. York 36. The fixtures for this weekend. Don't forget it's a bank holiday weekend. So the games are played. There's one game on Sunday the 27th. That's uh, in Super League South between London Broncos and the Cardiff Demons. On Sunday the 3rd of September, so that's a week on Sunday, Betfred Super League Group 1, Saints against Leeds, Wigan against Huddersfield, and in Group 2 it's Barrow against Salford, Bradford against Featherstone, and Lee Leopards against Castleford Tigers. Moving on to the North West Men's League, we've just got a couple of results and fixtures for this weekend. Um, there was one game in Division 1, and presuming this was a no result, because it was Wigan Springview 24, Caddy's Head 0, which is normally when there's no result or there's no team. Uh, in Division 2, Rochdale Mayfield 44, Warnley Central 30. In Division 3, Langwith Reds 34, Rochdale Hornets 12, Waterhead Warriors A24, Crossfields A0, and West Bank Bears 28, Higginshaw 30. There are no results, uh, no fixtures, sorry, involving our local sides this weekend, with it being the bank holiday. Well, let's move ourselves as we do every week, 12,000 miles across the ocean to Australia to have a look at the NRL. It was Premiership Round 25 this weekend. Newcastle Knights 29, South Sydney Rabbitohs 10, North Queensland Cowboys 12, Cronulla Sharks 32, New Zealand Warriors 29, Manly Seagulls 22, Parramatta 12, Sydney Roosters 34. The Dolphins were beaten again 24-23 against West Tigers. Gold Coast Titans 14, Penrith 40, St George Illawarra Dragons 28, Melbourne Storm 38 and Canberra Raiders 36. Canterbury Bulldogs 24. The fixtures for this weekend. Thursday, Penrith Panthers face Parramatta Reels at 10.50. On Friday, it's New Zealand Warriors against St. George Illawarra Dragons at 9. The televised game is at 11. That's between the Dolphins and the Cowboys. On Saturday, Melbourne Storm have got Gold Coast Titans. Sydney Roosters face West Tigers. The Sky Tele game is at 10.35 between Canberra and Brisbane. And there's two fixtures on Sunday. The televised one is 5 past 7. That's Newcastle against Cronulla. But uh, preceding that at 5am, it's Canterbury Bulldogs against Manly Seagulls. So let's have a look at the league table. Penrith Panthers are top. They've got 40 points. Brisbane Broncos are right behind them. They've also got 40. Uh, it's just points difference keeping Penrith top. Then it's 36 points for New Zealand Warriors. 34 for Melbourne Storm. 32 for Cronulla. 32 for Canberra. 31 for Newcastle. And 28 for South Sydney Rabbitohs. Making up the top eight. And just outside that, North Queensland have got 28. Sydney Roosters 28. Parramatta 26, Manly Seagulls 25. There's a bit of a gap then to Gold Coast and the Dolphins, but that NRL is hotting up. It's anybody's at this season, but Penrith are looking pretty solid at the moment. So, uh, so yeah, round, uh, round 26 next week is really hotting up now. Well, there was one fixture in the Academy Origin this week. It was Game 3, and it, Lancashire followed up on uh, last year's Academy Clean Sweep. They uh, completed a 2-0 whitewash. They beat Yorkshire by 44 points to 16. That game was played at the Halliwell Jones Stadium on Saturday. And the Lancashire side was made up of... Uh, 
just Wigan Saints and, uh, and Warrington players from what I can see so uh, those uh, those sides producing the goods there's a lot of famous names in there as well a lot of famous surnames anyway so uh, I presume they're related to some of the, the more famous names in Super League as well so congratulations to Lancashire Lancashire 44 Yorkshire 16 well, finally this week, we'll turn our attention to domestic rugby league. It was round 22 in the Super League. Salford Red Devils bounced back. They beat Huddersfield 32 points to 8 on Friday night. Leeds Rhinos 24, Warrington 22. Warrington's dismal run continues. Lee 14, Catalan Dragons 30. Lee actually led that game 14-12 at the break, but Catalan had too much in the second half. Big crowd, though, 8,602 at Lee. So uh, things are on the up in uh, the Lee Sports Village. St. Helens 28, Hulkington Rovers 6. Wakefield Trinity 12, Castleford 28. That was in a real dogfight at the bottom there. Cass was surprised when really a lot of people were tipping Wakefield to win that game. And Wigan Warriors beat Hull FC after Golden Point extra time. They won that game 13 points to 12. That was also on Friday night. Round 22 of the Betfred Championship. Bradford Bulls have crept up to uh, third in the table. They beat Newcastle Thunder 36 points to 8. Keith Lacougas had a big win. They beat Batley Bulldogs in a relegation dogfight for Keithley really. Not for Batley there at the top end of the table. Keithley down at the bottom. They won 26-20. London Broncos 26, Halifax Panthers 12, Sheffield Eagles 10, Featherstone Rovers 38, Toulouse Olympic 26, Swinton Lions 6, Witness Vikings 30, York Knights 40. There was a game on Monday night between Whitehaven and Barrow, and I think Whitehaven won that game 23-22, if my memory serves me right. It did finish 23-22, and I think it was to Whitehaven. Uh, in, in round 21 of the Betfred League 1, Doncaster 60, Cornwall 0, Hunslet 56, London Scholars 14, and Rochdale Hornets were pipped at the post by Oldham. Oldham scoring a try in the 79th minute. They won 24-20 in that big derby there. So the fixture for this week, on Wednesday there's two fixtures, Oldham against Workington Town. That game's at Boundary Park at half past seven, and there's a game between between Rochdale Hornets and London Scores at half past seven as well. Friday night, Super League, Casford Tigers against St. Helens, Hull Carey against Leeds, a televised game, and Salford have got Wakefield. Don't forget, if you come to Salford, it's a quarter to eight kickoff. Uh, Betfred Championship, Batley Bulldogs against Sheffield Eagles, Newcastle against York. On Saturday, it's Catalan Dragons against Wigan, that's a Sky game at six o'clock. Hull FC face Warrington as well. The Betfred Championship at five o'clock, Toulouse Olympic face Barrow. On Sunday, Huddersfield play Leeds at three. All the championship games are at three. That's Featherstone, Keefler, Halifax, Widnes, London, Whitehaven and Swinton against Bradford. In Betfred League 1, 1 o'clock, Cornwall against Hornets. Uh, Doncaster against Dewsbury is at three. Half two, North Wales Crusade against London Scholars. And the other two games are both three o'clockers. That's Oldham against Midlands Hurricanes and Workington Town against Hunslet. The tables, Catalan Dragons stay top. They're four points clear of Wigan. We've got 30, St. Helens have got 30, it's Lee with 28, Warrington with 22, and then Salford with 22. So in all Lancashire top six, apart from Catalans, just outside the playoffs is uh, Hull Care with 22, it's Leeds 20, Hull 20, Huddersfield 18. Anybody's uh, game for that top six in the Super League. The Betfred Championship, Featherstone are eight points clear of Toulouse, then it's Bradford, Sheffield, Batley and London. Barrow and Newcastle are in the bottom two at the moment. In Betfred League 1, Dewsbury Rams, they're top of the table. Hunslet, Doncaster, Oldham, Workington and North Wales Crusaders make up the uh, playoffs. Rochdale are two points outside with ten points. So a big game for Hornets this week against London Scholars. Their, uh, their game in hand it is in the midweek. So uh, that's all I've got for you this week. Take care yourselves. Have a good week. Enjoy your rugby league. And I shall see you on Friday night for Wakefield against Salford at the Salford Stadium. So that was White Sides World Rugby League. And now we'll look forward to this weekend's games. <laughs> So we'll start with our wheelchair team there in action in Rochdale on the 24th of August. Rochdale Leisure Centre, they take on Rochdale Hornets, 6pm kickoff, Parker. 
exciting times. They played their first game in Preston uh, a couple of months back. But yeah, will be another exciting game for them. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? It's, uh, it's a shame you're coming out so quickly. Like I've mm-hmm. jumped on us for Thursday night. If you live in that area, you live in the Rochdale area, got to get down there. We've all seen wheelchair rugby now, haven't we? It's, it's an amazing sport. Absolutely fantastic. Frantic and, and violent. A bit like why we like rugby league, I think. I think that's the idea, isn't it? Uh, no, he's it's, it's, it's brilliant. I wish them all, all the best. And again, I want to see it a bit more local to us at some point where we can, you know, we can go down and see it in one of the local leisure centres or wherever. I don't, it must be difficult to organise as well because of the amount of chairs and you want to get spectators in and how, how it works. But yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see how they go on and, and who, who who's actually playing for us. That'd be good. Mm. I'll tell you what might be good, Pendlebury Rec, because there's like a viewing area, isn't there, mm. on where the pool side is and also on the gym side. So there's seats there. I don't know how many people it'll hold. I have no idea whether we could do, but if you're going to go and do something like that there, it gives opportunity for people to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, there'd be a few places, a few of the local centres would, would probably be, be ideal. I, again, I don't understand. I don't know the full logistics and what's needed. And mm. cause you've got to have your post, you've got to have so much space at each end and roll-off area just in case, because these collisions are, are massive and someone's going to go flying. So, yeah, that, that's interesting. All these changing facilities and all that kind of stuff as well. It's, it's a huge, a huge thing to do, but that'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I look forward to that. I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm, I, won't, I couldn't go Thursday night. It'd be, be interesting. That's, yeah, I think, I think that'd be fun. But the, the, the sport itself is brilliant. And uh, hopefully it can get more, more sort of frequent matches. But like I was saying about the ladies' games, a bit, a bit erratic. But hopefully next season we can get involved in the league and, and take it from there. Yeah. We're in action. Well, Paul Rowley's men are in action against Wakefield on Friday. Another must-win game. Obviously, after victory against Huddersfield, momentum needs to be built for our playoff charge. Yeah, it's, it's still a dangerous game, this. It's too easy for anyone to take their eye off the ball a little bit and think, Oh, we had a great win last week. Wakefield got beat. They'll be down. They'll be. It's it's a tough game. Like I said before, they they give us a real battle at our place and a real going over at theirs. So if you if you're not on it, well, it's going to happen in any game in Super League. If you're not on it, you'll get beat. They'll, they'll be disappointed, but they're still fighting. They're fighting for their lives. Some of these players are fighting for careers. But in Super League clubs, there's only there's only twelve of them. So players, not everybody's going to carry on playing, even if if Wakefield get relegated. Some of them players will go to the championship. And they might rely on being full Super League players and full-time Super League players. So it's going to be a huge battle. They've still got some really good players there, Wakefield. And they've always, always got spirit. Something you can't take away from them. For the last, I don't know, 20-odd years, Wakefield surprises every single year with what they what they come up with, and I think it's I think it'd be a good game. I really do. I hope the weather sort of stays dry, and we'll see some see some flowing rugby because they scored. I know they got beat the other night, but they scored a couple of decent tries. Mm. I know Josh Griffin had a, made his own debut for them and, and played played really well. And we know what Josh can do if you give him a bit of time and space. So they've got they've got some really good players, some really clever players, and uh, it'll be interesting. But I think. I think looking at us, that we know what we've got to win. Because mm. there's no point winning last week and losing this week. 
the playoffs will get further and further away if you do that. We win this week. Results go for us. We could be we could be fifth in the league by the end of the weekend and, and looking up and not down. And we'll need that confidence to go into the game after against Wigan as well. You, you don't want to lose to Wakefield and have to travel to, to Wigan because that's, that's not going to be good. So, yeah, I don't think we've got any injuries. I didn't hear anything or any major ones. I know Brodie Croft got a knock, but I think he'll be okay from what I heard Paul Rowley say in his interview. He's, he's obviously took a knock, but more of a dead leg than anything else, possibly. So, yeah, and hopefully we can we can keep that team together, that momentum now, and, and the lads will be buzzing. So, I, ex- I expect us to get something out of the game, but it won't be as easy as I think many people think. Yeah, Wakefield away was possibly the worst game we had this yeah. season. So, there is a kind of a hope that we'll... Uh, sort of uh, right or wrong there you talked about the sort of the playoffs and I think we'll just lay it on the line here playoff teams beat Wakefield at home so I know it's it's going to be difficult um, because obviously they're fighting for their lives but if we want to reach and be in the playoffs it's a game you've got to win so hopefully we will have the momentum we've created at Huddersfield and we will continue with a with a with a strong uh, victory on Friday. Like you say, Josh Griffin, Luke Cale, really important players for them, but they're fighting for their lives, aren't they? So there'll be a hint of desperation in how they play. I think the longer it the longer the match goes on, the longer it's tight mm-hmm. that it plays into their hands. We need yeah. to start well, blow them away secure the points and then just let's play the game out. The longer it stays tight, plays into their mindset and makes us more nervous, I think. Yeah, and they've got big Fafita in there, aren't they, who cause cause problems while he's on the park. And, uh, and Matty Ashurst, who, what a player he's been for his career. He's good for us and he's, he's still doing it for them, isn't he? He's, he? Another another major threat. Seems to score a lot, actually, Matty Ashurst, for a, mm. for a back rower. We've got a couple of them of our own, though, haven't we now? Yeah, I think you're right. the, the, the key, if we do get off to a good start and we play like we did on Friday, we could make life easy for ourselves. Not easy as in an easy win. I'm not expecting the 70-odd points we scored against them last year. But we, we could break their spirit a little bit and perhaps make them think. Uh, uh, the thing is now for them as well, the pressure's on. Wakefield, it's really it's on for us to make the playoffs, but it's on for them. They've got to keep winning and all cast slip up because now they've they've dropped them two points. It's it's a long way. I mean, it's only one win, but points difference as well and everything else. So if we get on top, we might make them a little bit nervous or lose a bit of spirit, and we could we could make life a bit comfortable. Like if we get off to a bad start, I mean, I think when they came to us early in the year, I don't think they'd scored for three weeks or four weeks. And straight away they scored against us. Yeah. And like, this is Salford. What on it? What? And then we had to go to Golden Point. Mm. Like, why do we make it so difficult? So we've got to get out of that habit. But like you say, we play like we did on Friday night. We're as good as anyone. Yeah, I really believe that. I really do. We need a bit of luck every now and then. Obviously, I'm not saying we're, we're as good as Saints. I'm not saying we're as good as Catalan in that way. But on our day, we can beat anyone. And uh, so Friday night, yeah. It'd be interesting under the lights. And Wakefield, I say Wakefield will come out full of spirit. We've just got to break them early, I think, and then just make life easy for ourselves. I think the key is it's being a playoff team, it's winning when it's not your day. Yeah. And that is that is where we've always historically mm. failed. This yeah. team different, 
Paul Rowley different can grind a result out when needed, which mm. makes me feel more confident about where we are and where we're going. So as long as we, like you say, stick to the process, play the sets out, do what they do, we should be all right. Don't get into a psychological battle with Wakefield who are desperate to, to, mm. to survive. We're a, we're a playoff team. If we want to be yeah. a playoff team, you beat Wakefield at home. That's the bottom line for me. So hopefully switched on, get the two, move on. Uh, the, I mean, the big thing is getting this, this home form. So we lost our last three at home. Uh, all of them close. I mean, the bounce of a ball or a penalty decision and, and you win all three and we're, we're looking more at second and third in the league rather than trying to fight at sixth and seventh. And you're not even worried then. You're not thinking of, of anything else. You've won them games. You're thinking, well, we'll beat Wakefield. That that should be should be a no-brainer. Still in our minds that mm, maybe there is there is a, an element of doubt there. And, but we just need to get our home form sorted. I don't know what it is because away from home, we do look a different animal most of the time. We look competitive. But yeah, I think... I do, I do fancy us. I think the, the the confidence that we shown the other night, the defensive effort, the team that 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 team bond that was there the other night, that was clear to see that they were fighting for everything with each other. I think perhaps, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there was a bad apple, but maybe there was something just upsetting the the, the camp a little bit behind the scenes that was cleared, and now we're moving on, and we're looking up for the. For the back end of the season, that could be could be a key. I don't know. I'm not saying that, but it's just something that's coming to my head that maybe there was something. So yeah, should be good. Be good. Hopefully, Wakefield are travelling in good numbers as well to get behind their lads because they deserve it. They they do do things tough like we do. I think Wakefield remind me a lot of us and us of them. I wish them well, but obviously just not this weekend. Yeah. Prediction time, Parker. Just quick look at the weather because oh, white side isn't it here tonight. So it's my yeah. job to look at the uh, forecast. Friday, cloudy, eighteen degrees. So thinking maybe jacket, that kind of temperature. Yeah, a bit like what Friday night was supposed to have been. I think it's supposed mm-hmm. to be a bit like that Friday night. It was early on, and then it went a bit chilly yeah. and wet later on. So yeah, I think. I think as long as it's dry, it'll suit us quite a lot. I think I'm, I'm going to say we're going to get, we're going to start strong. We're going to start big. We're going to come out confident. They're going to come out fighting. There'll be a, there'll be a battle early on, but I think we'll break them. And I, I, I actually think we're, we're going to win the game 28-8. It's a, that's a big margin for me. That mm. a big margin. Like, more like me. My yeah. prediction, that yeah, really. So I do what you do and go close. It's all for my two. <laughs> <laughs> I too think we will come out like like a house on fire because that's what we've got to do to, to win a game like this. I'm going to go Salford thirty six, Wakefield ten, mm. and I'm going to go Dion Cross hat trick for the win. Interesting. I don't think Dion scored enough this year. Mm. Not not by what he set last year, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think, I think, yeah, I think the confidence we've got from Friday night, certainly the confidence I've got from Friday night, and I'm not playing, uh, <laughs> it's, it's given us a big lift. It's got us out of that. Them last, them three defeats at home were were heartbreaking. Really, I I thought we, we like see they're, they're the games we think we should have or could have. Hmm. Sometimes you get battered by forty, and you go well. 
what was the don't do anything, does it? Team have obviously known the game was over with half an hour to go. When you're in it to the end, like we have been in the last three home games and, and not won, that's that's a bit soul destroying. And you're thinking, how do we get over the top? How do we start winning again? And then you get a performance like Friday where you you're putting a real score away at an half decent team. Yeah, we, we, we should be we should be buzzing for Friday night. Yep. Exciting times. Big thanks for joining us on this uh, podcast. Love a great show. I just want to say a big thanks to all our listeners who donate via the Kofi and allow us to purchase programs and equipment to produce this podcast for you to enjoy, Parker. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I have to get my light fixed. That you, yeah, uh, you, you you bought me not not on this week. So if you noticed, I look like Phantom of the Opera, <laughs> light one half in dark. Yeah, so, but yeah, no, absolutely. Again, I say, the generosity of people, it amazes me. We just we just sit here and talk about rugby. It's, it's a joy to do. I'd, I'd be doing it to myself, babbling on about something anyway. So, uh, yeah, no, th- thank you so much for what you do. And uh, I just hope you enjoy what, what we do. And if you don't, thanks for listening anyway. Yeah, and if you don't, you've just wasted an hour and two hours of your life. But I'm sure... <laughs> Like you say, we record listeners, people engaging with us through the coffee and also sort of telling us how much they, they like to listen. It, it means a lot. It means more than you'd, you'll ever know, really, because of the hard work we put in with the match reports, the previews, the recordings, research and everything that we need to go through in, in a in a show. It's 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 a it's a joy, really. Really it's really and we've been doing it seven years as well. It's it's we've gone through the whole Kukash years and, and, and the successes and the and the, the sadness at some times as well and it's it's been a journey and uh, I'd say we're hoping for the for, for the next leg to be as successful as in 2019 maybe yeah and if you're like Malcolm Crompton and you're watching us while sat on the uh, on the throne welcome it doesn't okay where you are <laughs> where, you live, where you're watching thank you very much and if you are if you are somewhere random in the world and you're listening to us let us know because it's yeah. quite interesting I know you might even be just be on holiday in Mexico or something, but it's still something different. We say, we we see certain stats and so on, but we don't we don't know who you are or where you are. Mm. So just let us know where you're listening from or, or watching from because it's be quite intriguing, really. I'd, I'd like to see. Uh, yeah, I'm sure somebody's somewhere really random, like the Falkland Islands or something like that, or stuck in Antarctic and waiting for a bus. I don't know, but <laughs> wherever you are, just be interesting to see. Yeah. So, big thanks for joining us on this Devil of the Detail. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil of the Detail, SRD. Fans on Twitter, at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. Good luck, Reds. We'll see you soon. Ha, 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 ha.